gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Anime Talk. This is episode 52. I am your host, Mr. Lyndon Bergen. Joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Chris SJE. But today we are joined by a guest host. We we extended the panel and we're joined by uh do you want me to call you by your name or, or your pod like cause cause on Twitter it's your podcast name. You so. can call me, yeah, my name, my podcast, anything you want. Okay, well, we're joined by Mr. Peter McGinn. Peter, tell the people a little bit about yourself, what podcast you host, and just tell them, uh, yeah, tell them about yourself so sure. they can understand why you're on Anime Talk. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Peter. I host an anime podcast out of Minneapolis, Minnesota called What Do You Say Anime with my co-host Adam, and we are mostly a seasonal-based uh, anime podcast, and we review all genres, and we try to just branch out by watching... Instead of a few shows, we watch like 15 shows a season, so we try to diverse ourselves in that. And we've been in production for about a year, and starting now, we're going to be doing podcasts instead of bi-weekly once a week. So we're going to be switching up some things during our podcast. Lynn was gracious enough to join me on one of our Anime Jeopardy episodes, so we're just doing some stuff where we're trying to showcase uh, essentially the anime podcast scene, what's out there, because there's a lot of really good talent and a lot of interesting ideas that people do, so trying to just branch out with the different like podcast personalities inside the community and get to know each other. And that way everybody can get a little taste of everything. Cause 100%. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talent out there that people don't know about. And luckily that me and Lynn have been connected through Facebook and then Twitter. And then graciously enough, we came onto our podcast and we got to know each other. And now just through like Twitter and stuff, I know some of the people through his podcast and he kind of knows a little bit through mine. And this is a great little network we got set up. No, 100%. And I really enjoyed Anime Jeopardy. Low key, I came back, man. I had the uh, huge comeback that game and almost took it. Almost. You were pretty close. So short. But I would, like we talked about on the show, I, whenever you do a Shonen one, I would love to come back. But super glad to have you, Peter. Let me introduce my co host, Mr. Chris SJE. Chris Rock and the Anime Talk Mass. How you doing, Chris? Man, I'm feeling uh, germ-free, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm out here just kicking it, bro. I'm not going to lie. I've been trying to – I've been reading a lot of manga lately, you know what I'm saying? Just Same. been kicking it reading manga. Same, though, 100%. Peter, before we get started, you know the show's format, so we're yep. going to go through the news, hit uh, questions from the fans, and then do review. But tell the people a little bit about yourself. Tell them some of your favorite anime, just so they can get a little taste of who Peter is. Oh, fan- absolutely. And uh, we actually just did our like one year anniversary episode. And with that, we tried to, like you said, get to know who we are a little bit more. So I did like my top 10 animes of all time. So uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is my favorite. I'm hoping Krissa jumps on the bandwagon and sees it for what it really is as the best anime ever made. <laughs> uh, and then since I try to shine a little bit away from like just Shonen, my second favorite anime of all time is called Toradora, which is a rom-com. So I like my, my genres and tastes are all over the place and uh, a little about me, I guess just a normal adult dude who just likes watching anime. 100%. No, look, man, Chris has come around on full metal cause before <laughs> he wasn't about it. Now he thinks he, like, he understands why it's in people's top. Chris, are you done yet? Uh, yeah, I'm, I finished it. Like I want to say last week, you know what I'm saying? But would you think I, I'm, I'm mad. I slept on it for as long as I slept <laughs> on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was it was a, a beautiful work of art. Like once you get to the end stretch, it just everything just ties together perfectly. It was just it was beautiful. Like the the second to last episode, when I watched it, I thought it was the last episode. So I was like, man, that was good as hell. And then I realized I didn't finish it. I had that one that one more episode to go. And when I finished it, 
I, it did, I didn't cry. You know what I'm saying? But I was close. Ooh, it was, it was everybody how, hit some tearjerkers, bro. That's how I know it affected you. Like that was that, it was a classic. Like I, I understand why people have it, and I, I understand why it's your favorite anime because like that shit hit. Like it hit, it hit hard. <laughs> it, it, did you so watch it in summer dub? Uh, I did watch the dub. Yes, I okay, watched good. it with I watched it with like subtitles, but I watched it the, like the subtitles sure. were different than the dub. But uh, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I a, I'm a hardcore sub guy, but that's one of the animes where I absolutely recommend the dub. I think the dub was fantastic for Full see, That's why I'm one of those guys. Like I'm a I'm a I love sub and I love dub as well. You know what I'm saying? So I do understand like a good sub being better than dub. Like a lot of dubs messed up a lot of my favorite anime because uh, just the sub the original voice was so iconic that when I hear yep. the dub, I'm like, ah, y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it right. But I'm not gonna lie. There are some iconic dubs and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of them. I always say Yu Yu Hakusho is one of them. They got a bunch, you know what I'm saying? They got a, yep. they, there's more, I will say there's more uh, great sub than great dub. Oh, 100%. But I think the ones that accomplish the dub, go, it goes back to what we always say, Chris, how they take themselves, they, they don't treat the source material as because we have children, in the show, we don't make it where it's kid-fied, where like American cartoon style, that's yep. how a lot of dubs do it. When you take the source material serious and treat it like, uh, for example, the new Mortal Kombat animated movie, or if you take it like how DC takes their animated stuff, if you take it serious and treat it like uh, uh, just a normal work of fiction, instead of treating it like how we treat American cartoons, then you'll see more results like a Full Metal, like a Yu Yu Hakusho, like a Cowboy Bebop. Those are the great dubs for a reason, but man, I'm so happy you got through Full Metal. It, it, is, it is just amazing. That show, the way, they, the, the way they tie politics to mystery and thriller and then get into the philosophical aspects of it, yep. everything is great. My only critique is the fights aren't that great. I, I'm That's not going to lie, the fights, the fights are great. They just don't have a lot of them. Like when you get to the end, every single fight, That's like the, the climax, all those fights hit super hard. You know what I'm saying? But before that, you got some good fights, but it was more about driving a story home uh, until you get to the end when you get this big uh, rollout of a bunch of fights back to back. 100%. Where, where do you think it lands for you? I'm, I don't want to get a, a, a rank, <laughs> but just is it is it? Top 15, it's, top 10? It's top 10 for sure. Like, it, it booted okay. up into my top 10. So that's like... That's saying something. Yeah, something got to get booted out. Like, when I go back and if I, if I actually structure my top 10 and see, I, I don't know exactly where it would be in there, but something got to go because that's, that's top 10 material for sure. Hell yeah, 100%. Well, let's get into the news. Let's start the show. Uh, the first topic, Viz confirmed on Friday that Rumko Takashi's... Uh, Inuyasha franchise is inspiring a new anime spinoff titled Yashimi Princess Half Demon. So it's going to be based on the kids of Inuyasha and Shishomaru. Uh, I'll start with Peter because he's the guest. Peter, what do you think about this news? Are you excited? Are you an Inuyasha fan? Does this tickle your fancy? Okay, so this is for somebody who hosts an anime podcast, I'm really lacking on the classics. So I actually have not seen Inuyasha. And I know... I try to make it up. I, I've seen a lot of the newer yeah, stuff. Yeah, you see a lot. You you watch a lot of stuff. I watch the newer stuff, but I'm I'm slacking on the classics. So right now I've, I'm you you almost done with you Haka show. Absolutely love it. So there's a couple of shows that are in my like backlog for when I'm done with you you Haka show that I'm watching because I can only watch so many of those type of shows at once, the long form ones. But yeah. I know this is a huge deal. When I saw it on Twitter, it blew up. So I'm like, oh, this is some real shit. So 
I'm excited. I mean, I will watch Inuasha before the sequel comes out because I know I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Inuasha other than like a few like minor nitpicky things. But for most people, they consider it a classic. It is 100% a classic, but I'm one of those people that just, I can't. I, say, I don't know what to point with. Behind. Yeah, the point <laughs> I am that guy. I am the one that does not like Inuasha. So, Chris, I'm going to toss it to you, brother. Does this excite you? Are you going to be up in uh, watching the spinoff? Bro, I remember it, it, like, it didn't hit as hard as other announcements hit on Twitter. But for me personally, it felt like it broke the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as yeah. I woke up and logged into that, I was like, oh, my God, new Inuyasha's coming back? Yeah, and you messaged first, me immediately. <laughs> like, the promotion, bro, as soon as I seen it, like, I sent that to uh, I sent that to you, and then I sent it to the group chat with my bro, Fade, because he's like, me and him both grew up on Inuyasha. Like, we were both watching that every night. Uh, well, not every night, but every Saturday night, Adult Swim, whenever it would come on. And uh, I, I fucked with the, the final act uh, recently. I didn't finish it, but I watched it. I, had, I didn't even know they had, like, a whole other chapter because all I'd ever seen was, was uh, on Adult Swim like before Toonami when they were just doing the Saturday Night Blocks uh, Adult Swim with like Cowboy Bebop and shit but um, definitely I'm looking forward to seeing this it looks like they're dealing with it's, it's dealing with a lot of their kids like yeah. they say yeah. Shoshomaru's about to have kids in there like, and Inuyasha who, who did Shoshomaru have kids with because if That's I remember that dude was know. a douche <laughs> that dude was an asshole but at the end of the day <laughs> at the end of the series he came he came off as like he, he got some character development he grew into ex- being more accepting, you know what I'm saying? Because at first, I remember uh, they had that that tweet go viral. It was like a, a clip of uh, Kagome calling him her brother or some shit like that, and he was like, "Ooh, I, you know, I want to kill you right now, but I'm gonna chill out." You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna chill out out of respect. So, will I have to watch this to get ready for the spinoff? Will I have to rewatch Inuyasha to get ready for the spinoff? Is this something me and you are gonna talk about? Now, see, I'm not a hundred percent sure how caught up. I'm not saying uh. Like, you know how people watch Dragon Ball Z, haven't seen Dragon Ball? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I'm not 100% sure how much the story is going to tie in because it seems like a one of those Boruto kind of deals yeah. where you're getting like a, a story of the kids, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't even know uh, what kind of role Inuyasha and Shishomaru are going to be playing in this. It just seems like it's going to be like uh, what, what happens in the future of that. Yeah, the next generation Inuyasha, what happens in the future of that world. And I'm down for that, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie. One of the biggest things I loved about Inuyasha uh, back in the day was just, like, art style, the whole aesthetic of it, and just the world that they built, like, in the demon world, um, parallel to the human world. I, I just loved it. I love those kind of, those feels, you know what I'm saying? I feel like some old feudal Japan shit. 100%. Well, shout out to all the Inuyasha fans. Bleach fans had their moment. Now you guys have your moment. It's coming back with a spinoff. Good for you guys. The next story we have is Kimitsu no Yaiba, Tanjiro Tanezuko is coming out. It's the new novel of the series. It will adapt the original story to a novel. It will be illustrated and written by uh, or the the mangaka. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your name. It's scheduled for release on June 26th. To me, this is clean up work. This is clean up for the fact that the manga did not finish well. I'm going to start with you, Krista, because you this is your your Demon Slayer stand. Does this novel excite you? I feel like Twitter hates me for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, a demon, I'm a Demon Slayer stand. I'm going to buy it, not to read it, but just so it collects dust on my shelf. You know what I'm saying? Just to have it as a part of the collection and just support support the manga and support the series. But at the end of the day, um, I really don't, I don't even think they dive too deep, uh, like aside from the title, saying what it's going to be about. It's going to be about like some Nezuko shit. But I wonder how deep it's going to run. Like, how is it going to, like, really be just, like, a cover-up for everything that the manga didn't cover? Is it going to be, like, what the mangaka wanted to do with uh, the ending of it, with the Nezuko character kind of development at the end? Because it, it, 
it was very rushed, obviously. You know what I'm saying? It was they zoomed past that end. Like I didn't think it was gonna come to like a screeching halt like it has. I'm not as mad at it as I could be, you know what I'm saying? Especially being that I I champion, you know, Demon Slayer super high. But um I'm not gonna be one of the one of the people that reads the uh the novel, but I do hope that they use it as source material when they get to that arc in the anime to where you know how uh, I don't think we're gonna be getting too much filler as far as anime wise in Demon Slayer. Yeah. But uh, I'm hoping that once we get there, it'll tie some ends to where they don't just have the uh, manga source material to go off of. Because I know. Kind of like what we're hoping for Bleach with the Thousand Year Blood War arc that's coming to the anime. I know a lot of fans are hoping they expound on some of the fights, some of the battles that happened in, that the manga didn't necessarily cover. I'm gonna come back to you because I have something I want to bring up. But Peter, what's your thoughts? on this book coming do you feel like this is clean up hot is it something that excites you talk to me about it well i'm not the biggest i do read some manga when but when it comes to novels i it's just not my thing but it would be interesting to see if they do clean up because i know the manga has just been an absolute hot mess for the last i don't know few months yeah it's so been it'll, be really, yeah. it'll be really interesting to see if they add some ties to some loose strings that maybe the manga couldn't adapt and just because I know, um, I don't know if you guys are like big fans of SEO, but SEO kind of did the same thing where they have SEO Progressive where they kind of just like went back and like reworked the story. And it's like, oh, this is actually really great now. So maybe they'll clean up some like loose ends and stuff like that with what they missed from the manga. Because the manga can only have so much context in those yeah. panels where in a novel you can, I mean, it's Go thousands of words. So yeah. you're probably going to get a lot more descriptions of a, a bunch of just random things that happen throughout the story and that and that's gonna be cool i think that'll be necessary i think i'll read it if i hear about some cleanup jobs and in, in, in that sort of realm i just think it's interesting man that this is an announcement when they're not even really announcing the end of the series they're just letting it in where promise neverland they're about to have this big grandiose special shonen jump announced for the big ending whereas demon slayer's ending next week and there's yeah. no big grandiose announcement Krista, how do you feel about that? Uh, I'm looking at this like, you remember how we had we had a discussion like last week about how um, I'm feeling like the only reason why Demon Slayer is ending Rush like it is because it was announced that she was dealing with some um, uh, COVID-related issues with her, you know what I'm saying, her family. She had to like drop out, take care of some, some family first kind of issues. And I'm looking at the whole Rush end of Demon Slayer as just like Shona Jump trying to crack the whip and her being like, hey, look, I'm just going to quit this shit before I let y'all kind of tell me what I got to do. And you know Shona Jump. You know how they are. You know they're not about to just, like, with themselves going crazy like that, yeah. they're not just about to be like, oh, yeah, just, you know what I'm saying? Just quit. You know what I'm saying? Now, like, let me let me do my counter because I told you over text that we I was going to make the counter. I I We all under... And Peter, you can jump in on this whenever. We all know how Shonen Jump is very structured, how they crank out stuff how they yep. how they how they're known for that but i can't give godouje a, a pass because tagashi was sick super super ill he went on hiatus but the quality never dipped we've seen other mangaka be ill or have issues things come up their quality never dipped with the rush schedule i get that she was going through some stuff but instead of making your quality dip just delay it that's but my see, thoughts and that's that's my big thing, right? Like I, I just look at it like because with uh with Tagashi, he's allowed to go on hiatus. I feel like not too many like uh One Piece, Oda can go on a hiatus whenever he kind of feels because he's the GOAT. Like they not yep. saying he tells Shona Jump when he's gonna move, but they kind of trust him to kind of do his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> not out of ten, like he 
he's been running this shit for like 10 plus years strong, like number one. Best I mean, homie goat. passed up Spider Man. Like, let's let's be real. Spider Man's had on. different authors, different story arcs. This is one continuous arc, and it it's third among all comics of all time. Peter, how do you feel? Oh, go ahead. I, I'm saying I, I look at it like Oda. You know, he's he's given his uh, he could take breaks whenever he feels like it. Uh, Tagashi, he's done Yu Yu Hakusho. He's done Hunter Hunter for years. He's been a breadwinner in the Shonen Jump house. You know what I'm saying? And plus, he has real health issues. So I feel like Shonen Jump, they would be assholes to be like, nah, you better keep cranking out these chapters. Keep cranking out these chapters. Tagashi's like, dude, just let me get a couple months off. I'll give you like 10, 15, however many chapters he dropped at the time. He's like, I'll give you that. Then I'm going to go back on hiatus and take a while to do it. And uh, he's even struggling with that because not saying the quality dip, the story's still there, but it's, it's kind of a meme on Twitter as how he's yeah. like, the, the the pages are nothing but words now. He's like barely putting any art on them. It's like buku blocks full of words. It's like one one panel with actual pictures on it in the whole page. And it did that for like four pages. Everybody was like, dude, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? We understand you're getting That's a lot true. of exposition off. But with her, I feel like at a, at a job, right? You know what I'm saying? I feel like if your boss starts telling you to do too much stuff and you told your boss, hey, look, I need to do this. I need to handle this. I need to go on hiatus or whatever. And you're not a Tagashi, you're not an Oda, you haven't, you're a breadwinner right now, but you can get axed whenever. Like Bleach was getting axed, like people was axed, getting axed left and right. Shit that was doing well to a certain extent. That's if true. you wasn't doing what they thought you should be doing, they asked you. The only people that are kind of untouchable is like the, the OGs, like Oda, Toriyama, Kishimoto. Shit, even, even Kishimoto got, got cut, yeah. Facts. But I'm looking at it like they're telling her, this is what you got to do. We're your boss, you listen to us, or you got to go. And she's probably like, dude, I'm a dip. Like she's like, I'm not, I don't got to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm the GOAT because I did this. I can sign with Shonen Gangan or Square Enix, whoever does, uh, you know, the Full Metal Alchemist Soul Eater line. Uh, they, I could go to any other manga. Like, I, I don't want to say uh, Demon Slayer's her only uh, Shonen Jump, you know what I'm saying? Uh, manga or whatever. Cause I know she has other manga, but I don't know who that's with. But at the same time, she probably just was like, deuces, bro. I'll go somewhere else. And I feel like this is a part of Shonen Jump letting her do that. He's like, okay, you can end the manga. Or they're like, okay, you can end the manga, but you got to give us a couple novels to tie shit together. You can't just end shit like that. We'll give you a little bit of leeway with the manga. You won't have to come up with a chapter every week. Like you're doing, uh, you know, just give us a book every once in a while just to kind of tie up some loose ends so we could do something with this manga because that's a breadwinner for them right now. Peter, how do you feel about all this? I feel like this is one of those things where there's something else going on that we just don't know about that we're going to find out like a month down the road. Like, sure, it was like maybe health related, but there's also something else that they had disagreement on. It's maybe it's just like a legal thing that they just can't disclose it. But I, I kind of agree with Chris. Uh, it's just, I, cause I know that black Clover was running into something of a similar issue. And the, the manga even like tweeted out that he's like, Hey, I'm going to make more for you. Like, I think there is pressure on these manga cause especially oh, this time in age where like manga, is, like, especially during COVID is like their sales are blowing up. I think, I think it was either literally today that, demon slayer hit 80 million copies so it's like there is a huge need to continue producing these high quality content and if they're not going to get it from from her that they're just going to try rolling the dice with somebody else i think yeah because i think they announced today that a brand new serialization for shonen jump uh was going to start like this sunday so i forgot what it's called off the top of my head but like it seems like if a show's dropping they got something like right behind like Either you're, with, either you're with us or you're out of here type of thing. I, I want to picture the light of like Shonen Jump being like this good company, but they seem like they're a little cutthroat. No, they, they have like they, your examples from like great manga cuts. It's like, nope, you're done. 
No, they 100% are cutthroat. It's to me, I because I agree with what y'all are saying. I'm just I'm I'm from the devil's advocate side, looking at it from the Shonen Jump side. It's like, all right, look, we pay like I we get, and also I feel like where the Promised Neverland uh mangakas they made it to where, and I don't know if this is in their contracts, but she the 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 person who wrote it stated multiple times that like we told Shonen Jump. When this thing is over, it's over. We're not doing anything more. And I don't know if the Demon Slayer uh, mangaka had that same agreement, had that same structure, had that same contract. And when the sales started going up, Shonen Jump was like, we got to keep this. But it seemed like she had a set story because it's like, okay. And I was talking about this with some people on Twitter. It's like, you set up the fact that Muzan is the start of the demons. You set up that this whole organization is built to defeat Muzan and the demons he's created. With Muzan being gone, there's no need for the Demon Slayer Corps to exist. There's no need for Nezuko's a human. There's no need for that side story. So every all loose ends are tied. It's just there's no place to go. And I get why if she has nothing else, she, she wants to end it. But it's like things to get from the arc after the missed arc, from the pillar training to the end, there's a lot of holes and gaps in care. Like, for example, we didn't know what Zunitsu and, and Inosuke were doing until they popped up at the end for, like, for... It was weeks where they were just, who knows? Who knows where they're at? What's going on? <laughs> and it's like, there's small things... Like, in Nezuko as well, she was just chilling. We didn't, we didn't see her until she popped up and was like, oh, half my face is good, half my <laughs> face is not. And it's like, Okay, what, what the hell was she doing? So I see why this novel can be important. It's just, man, I hate having to rely on novelizations to get to the to, to clear up things, but I get why it's necessary. Yeah. So 100 yeah, percent So I ain't reading that shit. I'm gonna wait till they adapt it. You know what I'm saying? Cause I love the Itachi uh novels and the uh kakashi novel but that's not because i read it that's because they adapted it into naruto filler like okay this is gucci like i'm i'm liking this it's technically canon but it's just not manga canon you know what i'm saying Facts. but and that's like the, the ace time, novel i'm not reading that i'm gonna wait till boichi draws it exactly i'm 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 hyped for the boichi the same. boichi kind of remix of it or the boichi adaptation of it but at the same time the novels are just there for that to give source material for whoever wants to do something in the future and I think I think it'll be used in the anime, like you said. I don't think we'll see any manga content, but I think when they get to that point in the anime, whether they do movie or whatever, I think they'll expand on it using the novel. Word up. All right, well, the next thing we have is Crunchyroll has the Webtoon uh, partnership where they have a couple, but Netflix has announced that they have a Webtoon that they're adapting of their own called Sweet Home. It's a five-star read about a boy battling a world that has turned monstrous with greed, uh, and reportedly Netflix is investing $2.4 million per episode in producing the series, making it one of the highest paid animation uh, productions in a while. And it's interesting because I read like the first three to four chapters of the manga and not a lot of action, a lot of story. It was interesting, but it's just the cover shows a kid with a knife and seeing like some ghouls behind him. So I'm very interested to see where the story goes from here and how, how it works. Uh, Chris, are you excited for this this Netflix announcement? Oh, yeah. I, I'm one of those people. I, I think I said this last episode. I'm one of those people who I don't really, uh, I don't really read the webtoons. Like, I'm an avid manga reader, but the format of the webtoons, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit it's like a comic. that good old, left yeah, to right. it doesn't hit like that good old black and white 
uh, manga page, you smell the fresh manga, you know what I'm saying? Straight out of Barnes and Noble, you feel me? The manga, it hit home like the, the OG uh, format. So the webtoons is like the best way I can get it would be in an anime form because I'm loving uh, Tower of God. I'm pretty sure I'm going to like God of High School. And um, I'm just I'm just excited Netflix is getting in this game. We kind of, we said that, bro. As soon as uh, Crunchyroll, they started teasing that they were working with webtoons, we knew somebody else was going, I knew that was a game changer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like yeah. Netflix, they had some inside information. They couldn't keep up with like the 20, like Crunchyroll's doing, but they got like, they, they, gotta, they, got, they got one, and they go, and I think they'll get more. Peter, how do you feel about this news getting more webtoons into anime? Forms? So this, this is really interesting because um, I'm pretty sure this is actually gonna be a live action adaptation and not oh, an animated shit. adaptation. So that's why it was so staggering when they asked for 2.4 million dollars per episode. It's like that's a lot of money for like this style of show, and they're like, sure. So interesting. See the the news may. I gotta go back and look. That's it's like crazy. it's like conflicting, but I'm almost certain it's a live action adaptation. That is wild. I've never seen a manga get straight up. I'm not gonna lie, bro. To a certain extent, um, a lot of the reason why um, anime live uh, live actions don't work is because we got the anime to go off of. But if you're adapting a manga, it would low key be you have better chances of hitting the audience right. Because yep. a lot of the reason why people hate Dragon Ball Evolution is because that's not you'd rather see. Dragon Ball Z animated. That's why it's so it's so amazing because it's animated. It's beautiful. You can't do certain things live action, but for manga, that's not like super key blast type shit. If oh, you shit. think that could be adapted into live action, like that would low key be a good look before anime even gets adapted because they wouldn't have anything to go off of to to hate like animation wise. You know it what is going to be live action. Hate. So Peter, you're at one hundred percent right. It is going to be live action. Crazy. And I'm looking at some of these panels with, like, the monsters they have. No wonder it has to be 2.4 yeah. Because, like, I don't get how they're going to make this look. This is the same problem I have with the One Piece live action. Like, how, do you, how are you going to make some of this fantastical stuff look like it does in the manga? This will be interesting to see how Netflix handles this because this will give us some insight into One Piece. Because I know One Piece is going to have to cost more than $2.4 if this is going to cost that. This, One Piece is going to have to get the Witcher level funding. Yeah, I was... I was really surprised because when I saw it, I was like, I'm pretty sure Crunchyroll has like the animation rights to the webtoons. When I really? saw it, so I was like, there's no way. Like, why would that like, be a breach of contract? And it's like, oh, it's live adaptation. That's how they're getting around it because there's another webtoon that's getting live adaptations called Lore Olympus. And I'm pretty sure Netflix has the right, but they haven't like announced it yet. So there's going to be a lot of like, you'll be seeing a lot of like webtoons. Uh, either getting adapted into an anime or into live action because there's a lot of really good stories out there on webtoons. There are, and this is great for them because, like I said a couple weeks ago, I'm loving seeing these. If you're a writer, if you are someone that loves to draw, this is the perfect time for you to make your make your dreams come true. Look, you yep. make the comic, put it out, and who knows what will happen if people gravitate to it, if you promote it well and like it. This is the time you can get it made into an anime. And what Netflix is doing because of this, you can maybe get into a live action. So good, good for that, uh, good for that webtoon in the, in the author and everything. Solid, solid to you guys. All right, the next thing we got, the official website for Shonen Jump magazine issued a statement on, on Monday that the magazine staff foresees more delays for the ongoing manga series and manga creators are drawing manga in ways that minimize the risk of being infected with COVID and the time required for the manga creators to draw manuscripts has therefore increased. So we're seeing delays. Oda has said himself that One Piece will still be getting it, but it'll be on delays. I'll start with you, Peter. How does this news, how do you take this news? Because it's at first it was just series getting delayed, which 
or yeah. we don't know about when they're coming back. And that was something that I said kept me sane was the fact that, okay, we still get these mangas coming week to week, but now the mangas are getting pushed back. Maybe a week break, sometimes two weeks break, but this is, this is starting to really affect the anime and manga community. I'm actually shocked that it's just not like delayed like indefinitely that the fact that it's like, hey, we're going to take a week break from one chapter. It's like, that seems perfectly reasonable to me. So no, me too. I'm, so like props to the like the mangakas and everybody like going out of their way to like continue to produce content because if it was me, I don't know if I could be doing that right now this time. Yeah, man. And look, like we said, the shows, we don't know when we're going to get certain shows back. Like it's some people are saying July. Some people are saying farther than that. And, it, and Food Wars just got pushed back. They only got three episodes out. Everything yeah. else is getting pushed back. And now at least a week, two weeks, shit even three weeks sometimes between <laughs> manga chapters is okay because that still means we're getting these chapters chris how does this how are you taking this news uh it's I, i'm one of the people i read certain chapters you know i read demon slayer uh week by week there there are certain ones i'm gonna be checking for weekly like i'm gonna be uh checking for unluck undead or undead unluck um but the thing is i'm, I'm not tripping if they take little you know what i'm saying little breaks because like Dragon Ball takes a whole one month break. They only drop once a month. You know what I'm saying? We only get one new super chapter a month in the climax of this new crazy arc. We've seen a lot of shit go down and we got to wait a whole month for a new one. Thanks. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? He shouldn't, uh, Toyotaro shouldn't be the only one getting the star treatment, especially right now. It's, we need to give these people breaks. I wouldn't be mad if it was more than a week. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be happy if they got, just for the, the sake of the mangaka. Because I know how, you know what I'm saying? America, we moving different for this. You know what I'm saying? We 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 opening up the country tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? If I'm not mistaken, on Friday. Friday, no, Louisiana yeah. is Friday. Louisiana will be open Friday. <laughs> Japan, they sitting crazy. there like, we not playing with this right now. Like, they really they really taking that serious over there. And I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Because the worst news I'd want to hear is my favorite mangaka Poor catches Koshi that. is sick. Oda yeah, is sick. Like, bro, are we're, you know we are in the climax in both My Hero and One Piece of the Wano arc and now the the invasion war arc that's going on in my hero it I do not want to see those things get pushed back till <laughs> December like gosh and also like like with with uh Gotuge or Gotage however you say her name when when they crack that whip too hard under pressure it's like any reasonable person would be like, man, family first. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't want them to push any of our favorite mangaka. Because uh, like Peter said, you've seen with um, with the Black Clover, uh, Black Clover mangaka. He's kind of going through it right now. He's like, he's trying his best to keep up and everything. But this is a big, a big world issue. So giving him as much leeway as possible, making yeah. sure the mangaka are comfortable. That's how you kind of avoid these situations where you get these rushed arcs. You get these True. rushed closings. So let them, let them kind of breathe so they can create the content at their own pace. So we get a one content. And there's a lot of good content. arcs going right now that you do not want to see them drop the ball on. So hopefully all of this can get worked out and everything can be okay. All right. The next topic we have is that HBO Max has listed off the anime that will be dropping on day one of the release date due to the Crunchyroll partnership. We have Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the full series, ReZero, Starting Life in Another, the, uh, Another World, Season 1, as well as the OVA, Inspector, Keep Your Hands Off, uh, Izuken, Roroni Kenshin, Kona Soba, God's Blessing on This Wonderful World, Season 1 and 2. Bungo, Stra uh, Bungo Stray Dog, Season 1 through 3. Berserk, Season 1 and 2. Kanabari in the Iron Fortress. Kill a Kill, Your Lie in April. Erased, 
Kiznaver, sorry if I mispronounced that wrong, Schwartz Markin, 91 Days, The Testament of the Sister, New Dress, Roca Brave of the Six Flowers. In addition, Hunter Hunter and Death Note will be available on the service within one year after its launch, as well as G Kids' entire Studio Ghibli film library of 21 films will be in there do launch this deal marks the first time that any studio ghibli films will be on any streaming platforms and so yeah so this is big peter does this entice you to get hbo max uh the the ghibli thing that one is huge i think that's the biggest selling point other than that a lot of those shows are uh, most of them are on netflix so if people have hbo max more than likely have netflix so i don't see them going out of the way for those shows specifically because what you've listed off, you can watch for free on either Netflix or Crunchyroll. The question and is, will with HBO Max getting the licenses, does that mean they will leave Netflix? Or is this, or is Netflix, in, in the way that this anime stuff works is like multiple places can have it. I think it's the multiple places thing where they're not specific to, unless they sign like a specific deal with that streaming service. A lot of them are just all over the place. There's very few. Uh, well, like say for instance, uh, Inspector is a Crunchyroll produced. True um anime so they can do whatever they want with it they can send it to whoever they want so with this partnership they're pro- so you're probably gonna see tower of god on hbo max when yep. it's all said and done and then god of high school afterwards so i think the ghibli thing is huge because it is so hard to find ghibli films without buying like the blu-ray or dvd and, and it's I only know- streaming in japan right now on netflix that's yeah. when everybody in america went crazy but america the only place you can get it is going to be hbo max so like so you said, i know there's a there's a lot of adult weaves like me who, if I had kids, this would be, I would, would, this is like, I would try to force my kids to become huge anime nerds by watching, having them watch Ghibli films. So I think this is going to be a pretty big deal to like, maybe like these middle-aged like anime watchers who who grew up on like Spirited Away or something. So this will be really interesting to see that. Yep. And we can get a whole new generation watching Princess Mononoke, House Moving Castle, some of just the goats. Chris, how do you feel about this news? Does this entice you to get HBO Max? Yeah, low key. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I want to say my girl got I want to say we got HBO Max already, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, I think that's the only thing we could watch uh, Eastbound and Down on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, y'all, y'all have now. HBO Go. That's uh, HBO Go. But, but the thing is, if you have HBO Go, I believe that they're gonna give you HBO Max and stop charging you for HBO Go. I believe that's what's gonna With happen. With that. I could be mistaken, but I, I think it's I one or the other. Yeah, it's like if you have HBO Max, you're gonna get HBO Go, or if you have HBO, it's something like that. Yeah. But so you, I think, I think you'll have it, Chris. But this is cool, man. Like, like we saying, these having these Studio Ghibli films is huge. This is gonna be dope for the culture. So shout out to HBO Max. And like Peter said, with Tower of God, I believe that's they're waiting for the next story, which is Crunchyroll announced Wednesday that it will produce an English dub for the television adaptation of Tower of God. And it's said that Bam is being played by Johnny Young Bosch, the voice yep. of, uh, I believe, Ichigo. And is he the voice of Yusuke? I don't, I'm not. No, no, Justin Cook, that's Yusuke. Oh, yeah, 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 Justin Cook, yeah. But he's the voice of Ichigo. So this is big news. Chris, you're the dub guy. How do you feel about Tower of God getting a dub? Um, it. Every anime needs a good dub. You know what I'm saying? If it's a trash dub, it's going to scare people off from watching it. People are not going to really get into it like they do the sub if they already have watched the sub. Because a lot of people, 
or like, you know what I'm saying, do strictly dub. A lot of people do strictly sub. But there's a lot of a big, big, big pool of anime fans out there that watch sub, especially with the new series that are just coming out. When they rewatch a lot of series or they watch uh, anime while folding clothes or multitasking, they like to hear a dub. But if it's a trash dub, it's just going to throw them all the way off. You know what I'm saying? It's, they're not going to watch the dub at all or watch the anime as much. You know what I'm saying? But, and I um, think this is what's gonna go on HBO Max. I don't think HBO I Max think so is too. Gonna, yeah, I don't think they're gonna put the sub version of Tower God. I think they're gonna put this dub version. I think this might be one of the main reasons why Crunchyroll is making it. But like we were saying earlier, I feel that Crunchyroll knows the content they have. So I feel like they're gonna take this dub super, super serious and make sure they do a good job. Peter, how do you feel about this news of Tower of God getting the dub? I only wish that Christopher Sabat was playing Rock because mm. he does Kuwabara and Yu Yu Hakusho, and those two characters are very similar. Yeah. So if Chris was Rock, I think it would a Rack. I think it would have been. I th- I would already like drop the sub because the <laughs> the lineup for the dub is unbelievable. I think I uh, episode one dropped like I don't know three hours ago or something like that. Oh, so really? I'm planning on watching the first episode of the dub probably after this recording. Oh, That's I'm why I'm glad you told me that. Out. Yeah, I, I thought I'm it was peeping that out. I, I I knew it's dropped because it's gonna drop every Wednesday. Oh yeah, yep. May thirteenth. That's today. Oh, it's <laughs> real. Yeah, dope. I'm gonna have to check that out after. I don't this. know what day it is same. anymore, so I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> awesome. Well, super super dope. So for all the dub watchers out there who are waiting, like, nah, I'm not starting Tower God till they have a dub. Peter, I know you know this because we're in the same Facebook anime friend group. There's a lot of people in that group that won't watch an anime unless it has a dub. So now we can see certain what? fans start to yeah, get, yeah, bro, no, 100%. I'm, I'm kind of surprised how many people, like, refuse to watch sub dub anime. Oh, sorry, sub anime. It's, like, astop- like, astounding that people are missing out on greatness just because they don't want to read Japanese subtitles. Like, so. there's this one person that loves One Piece, loves it, but is just waiting for the, and, like, that dub has not come out for years. Now, I think they, they just dropped some. I want to say they just dropped a new batch. Oh, did you see the thing that they did for it? They're still not even in the six hundreds. No, I didn't. See, I didn't see it yet. They they released twelve episodes, two or sorry, twelve brand new episodes on Amazon for like twenty four dollars. <laughs> you see, Whoa, that's dub? why the that's why the dub, dub community gets so much slack. I like, like, why I do that? They didn't drop know. it on Funimation. No, they dropped it on Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> wow, it's like no one's gonna pay twenty four dollars for twelve episodes. When you could go watch them all on Hulu. <laughs> oh, it's like episodes like 560 to 572. It's like these episodes have been out for seven years. years. Yeah. They robbing the dub elitist, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But all right, word. That was the final topic of the day. So shout out to uh, Crunchyroll. Can't wait to check out the Tower of God. Let's get into the question. So the first question was submitted by Hastic has asked, what anime universes would you like to see connected, even if loosely? Something along the lines of your name characters appearing within whether, with, appearing in Weathering With You or how Burn the Witch is in Bleach's universe, but really different. Um, I'll start off with you, Peter. What's, give us some that you would like to see. And if you, because I know you have some slice of life, you can throw those yeah, out there. Yeah, uh, no slice of life. Oh, kind of. Uh, there's one that my buddy wanted to point out for you since you guys have seen it. Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach have kind of a, like a similar that format. Uh, there's one that I thought only you guys would get because you guys saw No Guns Life, correct? Facts. So No Guns Life and Ghost in the Shell, I think Ooh. would be like, those are both pretty similar like concepts. They both have like those like Android characters and that could definitely exist in the same world itself. 
And then I went with the psychic aspect, uh, Mob Cycle 100. And if you've ever seen The Disastrous Life of Psyche K on Netflix. Oh, my shit. God. <laughs> I would have never thought about that. But that's like, that's, that's goaded, bro. That's your shit, Chris. Take yeah. my money. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be, be really cool if you saw an interaction between Mob and Psyche. The two just introverted psychics standing next to each other with who are just OP in power. So those are those are my three. 100%. I like I like those. I think Bleach and Yu Yu Hakusho would work pretty, pretty well. Like, you see, like seeing Yusuke and Ichigo, seeing how they would act. And, yeah, no, no, I dig those. 100%. And I'm not going to lie, bro. The Mob Psycho and, uh, and uh, Saikike collab would be dope because Saikike does great, great, great A1 comedy. But uh, at the same time, Mob is more of a, like, kind of shonen. It got a lot of action, great animation, yeah. whatever. But when they hit in their comedy bag, they, they really they yeah they do yeah, the, the comedy bag is a one so and I, I like together, that Ghost in the Shell no guns life one a lot like I'm a big fan of the non shonen powered like the, yep. the 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 sci fi bounty hunter that's that's right up my alley so I like those Chris do you have any that you want that you think could work not too many I'm not gonna lie because I, I'm one of those guys that I I seek I seek crossovers you know what I'm saying so I've I've seen the One Piece Toriko uh dragon ball crossover you know what i'm saying i've read the one piece uh the one piece dragon ball crossover manga the cross epoch or epoch however you say it yeah uh iconic crossover you know manga chapter i've seen like i've even read a manga that's like um and it's official manga too i don't i don't want to say it's like a random mangaka i think the main mangaka was involved in it like uh mashimo or whatever but it was like um parasite and uh fairy tale which is the randomest Ooh. crossover i've ever seen in my life so the, the main ones I could think of That's that great. would hit hard is seeing get get getting some of those uh manga adapted. Like Cross Epoch is just we got One Piece, Dragon Ball, and Toriko, but I'm not the biggest Toriko fan. So seeing the Cross Epoch uh crossover get animated, seeing uh Mashima Heroes where he takes all three of his series. I've been reading that manga lately, and it's that's a hard manga to me. It's just it, you could tell it's like some kind of uh they're not going to have too many volumes. Probably going to be one, two volumes of it. But uh, it's like a crossover fairy tale, Rave Master, and Eden Zero. I would love to see that kind of get adapted. But uh, as far as just two anime worlds I want to see collide, I'd probably say Inuyasha and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, both because they have a, a human world, demon world. I really like the aesthetic of uh, Inuyasha being like the dog kind of. He looks like Yoko Karama. So I like even if it's like, you know how he was saying um, Burn the Witch is in uh bleach world but it's not kind of it's not really a crossover but it's in the same world i would love to just see like and the worlds are built differently to where demon world and inuyasha isn't the same as demon world and yu yu show but i'd still love just like an episode where you get like a cameo of like yoko karama in inuyasha or like vice versa you see like demon world and yu yu show world you get to see some shishomaru type like co like koenma talking to shishomaru or some shit like that that would be amazing be bro. like i'm here for that yeah, I got some. Okay, so Cowboy Bebop, I would love to see uh, Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star in a similar yeah, universe. that makes sense. Because they kind of mm -hmm. have similar uh, aesthetics. I would also like to see Desert, because I, I wanted to do something with Trigon, but because Trigon's like this post-apocalyptic, uh, vast wasteland western, the only one that I thought could work really well with it is Desert Punk. And I think yeah. the comedy of Son of Bozu and Vash would work really well together. I'd love to see Son of Bozu be like, the humanoid typhoon, uh, the humanoid typhoon, like, wait, what's going on? And then it's just like, Vash's like, nah, bro, I'm not like this. And then Son of Bozu's like, ha I'm a manly man. I don't care. I'll take you down. <laughs> it's just shit like that. That would be hilarious. I think Gangster and Black Lagoon would work very, Ooh. very well, seeing Revy 
have to deal with Warwick or uh or deal with uh oh Cam his name is is slipping me but your boy with the sword Chris with the dog tags I'm yeah that with the with the uh, dreads no no not the, uh, Warwick's partner the oh, definitely talking about Nico yeah yeah Nico. seeing seeing Nico and Revy maybe have Nicholas. to fight that would be that would be lit um I was trying to think I, my hero in One Punch Man is something that comes to mind often but that I would, would be hard. I would like I to see that it, one too. but I don't want Saitama to make an appearance. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> like, Anybody but Saitama. Yeah. That'd be he dope if he, if he pops in at the end just to wrap it up. But, like, I want to see the other, because I'm going to lie, the One Punch Man heroes are dope, a lot of them, and they're villains. No, 100%. I'd love to see Slam Dunk team take on Kurokuko's No Basketball team. <laughs> I think that'd be an amazing basketball game. Um, I'm trying to think of any others and i rock like, with shohoku too i'm about to start kuroko no basket you know what i'm saying because people keep telling me i'm always like slam dunk is the goat sports anime goat basketball anime and people are like shut up you just you don't watch anime i'm sitting there like damn son y'all don't rock with y'all rock with shohoku like that so <laughs> I, I gotta peep out kuroko no basket because people are, are hyping it up but i'm not gonna lie seeing that crossover i want to see so who's dunk on some nah, dunk on bro, some my boy you know Kuroku would come my boy would come up with the fake pass and give it to his <laughs> boy and he dunk on them on them, on them lay homies. One of the great miracles. But uh, another <laughs> one I got is Megalobox fusing with Cowboy Bebop. I think there were like Spike going to watch a, a a fight of Joe and then betting on it and like just Spike just going into Joe's world and, and dealing with the boxing community. I think that works as well. But yeah, no, that, that's all I really got on Worlds Fusing. But really love that question. Thank you, Haz. I thought that was a super, super fun question. Shout the out next, Harem King Haz, bro. Yeah, shout out. The next question um, is from, I'll pull up his name and I'll say his name after I read the question because I just copied and pasted him and put it in a document. But the question is, which shows do you think use the fact that they're isekai to their fullest potential? Often I find that it's just easy way to get fish out of water protagonist, but doesn't add much to the story other than that. And he gave some clarification. Let me pull it up real quick. And it's Adam Gray Blount. Thank you for the question. He says he's talking about shows where the setting of a foreign world is used to its fullest potential. A lot of shows just end up ignoring the fact that they're an isekai pretty quickly, but I feel like others can use it for the fact uh for a lot of different intricacies. So isekai is like sort of online where they go into another world from a normal world and they, they have adventures and whatnot. Uh, Peter, I'll start off with you because I know you're a big isekai fan. Okay, yeah. I, I was really looking forward to this question because there was a block of maybe like two or three years where we just got just awful, awful isekais. Essentially what they did is they took some normal dude, killed them, and then made him the most overpowered character. And that's how they introduced like this main character who's overpowered just like he's in another world so that's why he's super powerful so uh, there's a lot of there's a show that came out like two no last year it's called wise man's grandchild it's awful never ever watch it and it kind of does the same premise of just like we need to have this main character be super overpowered how do we do it it's just like we'll just we'll just kill him and send him to another world but then there's a show that does it like extremely well and you mentioned in the hbo go thing called konosuba where the, the main character is sort of Yusuke'd on accident where he's trying to save like a, a girl from getting hit by a car, but it's actually a tractor. Instead of getting hit by the tractor, he has a heart attack. So it's more of like a, a comedy gag thing. And their isekai world is the whole goal of this other world is if he defeats the end boss, he gets reincarnated. So there's like a legit reason why he's in another world. So my my good reason would be for Konosuba, and my bad would be for a show called Wise Man's Grandchild. Never watch that show. 
All right, real. I think <laughs> I uh, never watch that show. Never watch it. It's so bad. I really like <laughs> Rising of the Shield Hero. I think that's a, a really good isekai. I think it worked really well. I like the world that they built. I love seeing like right, I love all the different characters of it. I think that one works super well. Of course, Sword Art Online and one that is this considered is Darwin's game considered an isekai? Yes, yeah, because they get like transported into like technically like another world but i would consider it an isekai i really like darwin's game that that's one that i'll throw in there so i got darwin's game sword on online and um rising of the shield hero chris do you have any isekais that you really like i know that's not really <laughs> in your bag. That's, that's where i'm lacking you know what i'm saying like i'm definitely gonna uh check out like a couple you know what i'm saying of the, of the ones what was the one you had just suggested want to say two watts I think you guys should watch Konosuba. Konosuba. It's, my, it's my number three all time. Um, hey, I'm going to have to check that out. The sub and the dub are both amazing. It's on Crunchyroll. And there's a movie that just got added on Crunchyroll. And I nearly pissed my pants. That's how funny it is. I've seen people, like, people have suggested, like, they've recommended me to watch Konosuba. And I've seen the, the promotional art for it, but I've never watched it yet. It was something I probably was going to peep out in the future. But not that you say that one's actually good. I'm probably going to have to peep that one out first. Because, like, the only isekai I really uh, watched is, like, Dot Hack Sign. Yep. Which is like an OG isekai, OG, and yep. I've watched. I didn't even watch the whole. Like I've only watched a little bit of Sword Art Online, like maybe six, seven episodes. And I was like, it's cool, but it's not my. It's not my hundred percent. But I did like um, uh, my life reincarnated as a slime, if I'm not yep. mistaken, because that was that was uh my first isekai, and I was like, this is dope. I like this. You know what I'm saying? I, I really like this one a lot. But I haven't seen. I can't name too many off the top of the head. You know what I'm saying? So Konosuba might be my next my next uh, isekai adventure. Cause I've even seen like a couple episodes of isekai quartet, which is like a comedy yeah. kind of show, but I didn't understand any context. Cause it's all, <laughs> it's all characters from different anime. Chris, yeah. I know you're a big waifu guy. And if you watch Konosuba, you're all being a dilemma because there's a couple high quality waifus <laughs> in that show. I had him rubbing his hands. Ain't no more. <laughs> Man, Peter, I want to ask you while we're talking about isekais, I've been rewatching Sword Art Online just because my guy has has started watching One Piece. He's a guy who, who listens to the show, big yep. supporter. He started watching One Piece, and I was he's like, "All right, bro, I'm watching One Piece. You gotta watch Sword Art Online." So, and and every I, I watched it up until the point of the fairies. I tried to the fairies give it that part of the season a shot, but it just didn't work for me the first time. I'm getting almost to that point. How would you say that transition works in? Is it successful? Because I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get myself to look forward to it instead of looking down on it. Um, I'm a big Sao hater, so <laughs> when it comes to anything Sao, I'm going to try to like try to persuade you to watch something else. But Sao is like it's like the Dragon Ball Z of Isekai. Like everybody has seen Dragon Ball Z, and same thing with Sao. It's like everybody has seen Sao, whether you like it or not. Everybody's seen it, so. I say, like, maybe if you can push through the first season and then after that, I highly recommend you watching, like, good isekai. But that's just me. <laughs> oh, has get at Peter's at, bro. At Peter. Because that is that is his shit. Has, Peter, you'll probably get a tweet tomorrow, my oh, friend. I had a... Um, we recorded kind of a bonus episode of whether we think SAO is good or not. And we did a nice two-hour rant of why I don't think it's good. So <laughs> you might see that in the two future. Hours. There's only certain shows that I can rant for two hours two on. Two hours, how trash they are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that, that's a, that's a, that says something. You know what I'm saying? That says you feel it, strong about it. It was two hours on the first arc. Not even the first <laughs> season. <laughs> 
Oh shit. Oh, oh, so. Well, I know I know one person that'll be listening to that. My the guy our uh, guy we're talking about is has. He will definitely check that out. If I okay. can say there is a kind of like a low-key show that's similar to SEO, but is way better. It's called Log Horizon. It's getting a Ooh, third I've heard of that. it's getting a yeah, third season in 2020. I think it's like the best isekai ever made, and I highly recommend everybody who even likes like the fantasy style of like those like isekai shows or like spells and stuff. I highly recommend Log Horizon. Okay, real. I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay, some uh, I have a guy by the name of CJ asked a question for us to discuss. It wasn't really a question; it was a discussion topic. Goku and Vegeta low key suck for never finding their dads or Grandpa Gohan in death. How do y'all feel Damn. about that? It's true they never revived Grandpa Gohan or Damn. King Vegeta. Do they suck for that, Chris? I'm gonna let you start this one. Man, there was one point in time where I did think about it. I was like, "Why did? Uh, I know uh, we've get we've gotten Bardock canon as of recently with the uh, the whole." the new Broly movie, we got Broly canon and everything. But uh, before that, I would always like think about it. I'm like, man, they got these characters that are supposedly dead. Why don't they just wish everybody back? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the point of not, why would they not wish Bardock back? That's Goku's dad. Like, you gotta have Goku's dad in the or fucking show. Or even Grandpa Go, Grand, Grandpa Gohan. Like, I never thought about that, but bro, that's that's kind of messed up. But I, he probably died, did he die like of old age or some shit like that? He was I, an old I thought old he died dude. because of Goku. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, I don't remember. I didn't brush up with my Dragon Ball. You know what I'm saying it's been a while I since I read Dragon Ball. Peter, I'm, you... lie, bro. Uh, I'm gonna defer this question since I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z since, or any Dragon Ball since I was I don't know ten. So, but it it makes sense since Goku's a terrible father. So <laughs> I get why Vegeta probably, doesn't do that's it. That's why he's a terrible father. His father was not in his life at true. all. Yeah, that's true. Neither one of them. Gohan. Well, Gohan was there for a couple of years, but that's that's like how he treats his Gohan. He's like, oh yeah, I'm here now. I'll um, leave. Uh, I, I have a head out. Yeah. Vicky, with Vegeta, I understand why Vegeta didn't revive Same. King Vegeta because he's, he's like, different... bitch, I'm King Vegeta now. Well, not I wasn't even going that route. I'm just thinking because King Vegeta was kind of not a good person and Vegeta's <laughs> had character development and like For Vegeta's sure. a better person now. Maybe he just don't want that in his life. Yeah, he's like, I don't need no toxicity, man. <laughs> he probably thinks his dad would judge him for like marrying a human woman he, and then having like would. a half-breed. Like, because if I know one thing about Saiyans, bro, like Vegeta... Like, if you would have told him in the Saiyan saga that he was going to be marrying and breeding with a human woman, he'd probably laugh at you. He'd probably killed you for the stupid joke. You know what I'm saying? So I already know his dad wouldn't take too kindly to that. Probably disown his ass. 100%. <laughs> the next question we have is from Jace. I believe Jace asked, I want to watch the Bleach movies, uh, uh, Bleach anime movies on Netflix. And they asked, which ones do we like? I'm not, I have not watched any of the Bleach movies. Uh, I'm on the full bringer arc. So I'm, I'm almost done with that, getting to the Thousand Year Blood War arc. Peter, have you watched any of the Bleach movies? I've watched the live action Bleach movie. <laughs> That's what I was about to say too. I'm like, the only Bleach movie I've watched was the live action. Is it, I, is it worth him checking out? I thought it was fine. I, I, honestly, it's like most live adaptations are like awful. I thought this one was okay. Kristen, that's what you said too, bro. When I tell you America is dog shit at doing live uh, live action adaptations, it makes me it makes you want to feel like it can never be done. You know what I'm saying? When you look at ja uh, Japanese live action adaptations, they're not perfect. They're still live action adaptations, but this one was low key hitting. Like I enjoyed it from front to back. They they didn't do too much. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, they did just enough. They got the casting right. You know what I'm saying? So that if if I could suggest any live action animates to watch i'd probably uh suggest you know what i'm saying the bleach yeah. one because that one was hidden 
I haven't even heard too much about the Bleach movies. Yeah, me I, neither. I, I just realized the other day that they had Bleach movies. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm more familiar with, like, you know, of course, Dragon the Ball One movies, Piece ones, Naruto, Naruto yeah. Bro, the, the one I've been getting into One Piece movies lately, but I, it was never even a thought to watch Bleach movies because I can't even stand Bleach filler. So yeah. if you give me a movie of Bleach filler, I'm probably going to fall asleep <laughs> midway. Exactly. Jace, I'm sorry we can't answer your question, but I'll, I do give love you some, Bleach, though. I'll give you some anime movies to check out. Sword and the Stranger, Ninja Scroll, uh, Weathering with You, Your Name. Uh, uh, if you want like a, a shonen movie that's really good, One Piece Gold is really, really good. Bro, uh, you, you peeped all the One Piece movies or you peeped like kind of the newer ones? I peach, I watched Gold, Strong World. Strong World is with, uh, that's the one where they go to that dinosaur island, right? Mm-hmm. And then gold is with Tetsuro or Tetsusaro, where it's like the big gold robot. That one was that iconic. That one's great. Uh, and then the one where they uh, fight Shish, uh, not Shishki. With, with uh, a Z? I think it might. No, because that's where they fight uh, Zephyr or, or, uh. or the, the old anim, admiral. I'm talking about the one where they fight Shiki the lion, the golden lion. Where It's the homie who could fly. Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm looking it up. Here's the movie. But I believe that's uh, from, oh, yeah, Strong World. I'm tripping. Strong World's not the dinosaur one. That, that's the Shiki one. So I watched Strong World, Gold, and Stampede. Those are the three that I've watched. Man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I've watched a lot of the newer ones, but uh, I watched a video last night talking about how uh, the One Piece 6 movie, I forget what it's called. It starts with like a B. But uh, how that one was directed and animated by the same guy who did the Digimon movies. And a, a couple other things. I, I wish I could remember off the top of my head what else he did. But whatever... I heard that there's a One Piece movie directed by the same director that did the Digimon movie. And then I saw the trailer and it looked like super aesthetically pleasing. I'm probably going to watch that tonight after I peep the dub of um, of uh, Tower of God. Oh, Baron Atsumaru and the that Secret one. Island. Yeah, it I've never seen that It looks so one. good, bro. Like, if you look at the trailer, you'll be like, oh, my God. It's, like, breathtaking. It looks like that animation style that, you know what I'm saying, whenever you, you see, not Digimon the show, but the first movie where it was, like, uh, I forget exactly what... Uh, I know they had the Greymon, the whole Greymon thing, and yeah. uh, they showed uh, Coromon when he first was born, and he was, like, huge or whatever. And then they had, like, the Pokemon New Season, the Sword and... Uh, not Sword and Shield. Sun and Moon. They, how they had, like, a super animation switch. It reminded me of, like, an old-school, drawn, kind of classic classic anime uh, movie. Okay, so I'm definitely cool. going to pick that one soon. Real well, I hope that helps you out, Jace, for some anime movies to check oh, out. Oh, can I recommend one real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Peter. There was one that came out last year... It was huge when it hit theaters and didn't really get talked about, but Pearl Mayer. I'm glad you brought that up. Gurren Lagann, Kill a Kill, uh, Studio Trigger, if you know. Is it great? Because I wanted, I was debating whether or not to rent it on PlayStation the other night. Uh, It was absolutely incredible. And even my girlfriend who hates anime said it was good. So if that says a lot to, for for me at least, if you don't. I get that. Girlfriend's uh, ratings on anime. She gave the My Hero Academia movie a 2 out of 10, so. (laughs) If she says it was Damn. good, that's really good. Wait, which one? The first one or the second one? The second one. Yeah, Damn. Peter doesn't like the second I one. Hate, the second one was really bad. <laughs> and we get that another time. I know you don't. We talked about that. I know you <laughs> don't like the second one. Okay, well, word. I'm going to definitely have to check Promare out. I might talk about that next week. Good. It's I'm so glad good. you suggested that because, like, I was legit looking at that and was like, damn, should I watch this? And I just ended up going with the Mortal Kombat movie because I, I didn't know if Promare was worth it. But I'm going to definitely rent that now. And I'm not a mech guy, and it was 
just so so good the, See, the fights were un- incredible fights i'm glad you said that because that's one of the reasons why i didn't watch it because i'm not the biggest met guy Man, either i'm a met guy to a certain extent i look you wanted to say that early when we were talking about crossovers i didn't have any like specific crossovers in Ooh, mind i didn't think about so many crossovers. crossovers yeah bro. Like, you could do gundam and garen lagan you could do like Gar- uh, gargantia if you know, i don't know if y'all seen that when it was on netflix a while back shit i do i like, cross over big O and cowboy bebop i'd let spike like let like jupiter planet be where uh uh what's the city's oh it's it's something uh i forget it's the city of lost memories or where wherever uh roger is but yeah i'd let spike go meet roger that'd be amazing but uh dope dope i'm gonna definitely end up checking out promare the final question we have is what are some of your favorite rewatchable arcs and it, it not a season just arcs that you enjoy rewatching in that are very rewatchable i'll start off with you peter what you got my favorite arc of all time season three of haiku uh shira torizawa versus that's uh, great car well let me see if i get my webcam i got my haiku wall scroll up there but i'm a i am a huge haiku fan season three if you've any if you've ever played a sport in your entire life you know exactly how they feel the entire match I think the actual match is like eight episodes and it's incredible. So yeah. haiku season three. Especially coming after uh, Abba Josai and just finally yep. conquering that. It's like, damn, there's, we have no way of beating Shir- uh, Shira Torizawa. Yep. There's no way to beat them. And it's like, nah, we're going to dig deep. Nah, yep. that's a, I just finished that arc. That arc is it's amazing. So good. I oh. love it so much. I, I was shit from haiku. I would say I really like the Abba Josai arc. As well, I I love that whole damn show. The whole show is incredible. Yeah, that whole it's, show is amazing. It's, it's in my top ten. I absolutely love it. Me too. Me too. I'm gonna throw one that's not a sh- not a uh, battle shonen. I like the first arc of Food Wars where they have the original where he fights the spite the uh where he has a final cooking competition against the curry spice uh guy as well as uh oh man I can't think of her name but she's the cousin. Um, the white hair girl, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Her, uh, her Alice? friend, Alice's little minion. It's the yep. Alice's minion, the curry guy, and then uh, Soma. That arc is amazing. So good. That's a great arc. And I have Food some Wars more. Was good. But we'll just go one at a time. Uh, Chrissy, you're next. Which was one of the arc that you rewatchable? You know, I'm about to go with this. Gang, gang. You know what I'm saying? Gang, gang, bro. Uh, yeah, you, this you one of mine as well. Dark I want to say. I want to say Dark Tournament because I've watched Dark Tournament so thousands. Many. Like, bro, I've watched Dark Tournament probably more than I've watched anything in life. I've rewatched a lot of shit. But um, the one arc that I probably watch more, or the two arcs, should I say, because it's like usually, uh, I can't narrow it down to one arc with you, Yu Show, but that whole first half or basically everything before Dark Tournament because I love the whole Saint Beast arc Great. where you fight, you know, Biako And, like, I love seeing Cool Bar versus Biako. I love seeing he versus... uh. See, uh, what, what's his name? Start with an the ice, ice homie. Uh, yeah, the ice dude, ice dragon guy. Uh, Gimbu versus Karama. Every single fight in that arc hits for me, except for the, kind of the last one. And I even like that one to a certain extent. And then the whole Rando arc, those That's two arcs, arc. I could watch infinitely over and over and over and over because I, I just love them so much. The whole Genkai tournament, uh, that it just hits super hard. Like to me, Rando is one of my favorite villains in anime, but he's such, he's it's so sad that he was so early on in the series and he's kind of like bullshit now like he's he's kind of strong you know what i'm saying but at the end of the day he's not no taguro he's not no dark tournament uh com- he's not uh, even the drunken master that he that you yeah, uh 
Yeah, he's not even Chew. Like everybody or Jin, my guy, the wind homie with the little spike on his forehead, the red hair. I love so much. I love Jin. So many gems in that arc. Like he was cracking cool bars, bones. I'm sitting there like, oh my God, why would you do that to my boys? Like they put their tug in the heartstrings, I'm saying. Yeah, Randall was Randall was a good arc. Those that whole first half of you, Haka Show. I'll just I'll say that. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Peter, give us another one because we're just gonna go back and forth. Okay, I got a newer one. Uh, from a show that started off as complete trash and then turned into a diamond in the rough, and that is the uh, reincarnation arc from Black Clover that just oh. ended not too long ago. <laughs> oh my god! Like, That's a great I, arc. You know, I'm not the biggest Shonen guy. That arc was storytelling at its prime. The fights were incredible. They brought in like special animators to do like the big fights. I think it lasted like 40 episodes, and every episode is just like, I want more. I want more, yeah. and Shonen's don't do that for me, especially Black Clover, which I thought started off really rough. Yeah, it did. And it turned into one of my favorite Shonen arcs of all time. And uh, I haven't, I've only watched it once, but my, I remember just watching this, like, this is incredible. And I need to go back and watch it again. That is an amazing, amazing arc. I'm going to go Shonen as well. I'm going Naruto, the pain arc from starts where Jirai, where Jirai is going to pain and then everything leading up to where Naruto's getting picked up by Kakashi, bringing him into meeting all those people. I think the pain arc is probably, minus the Zabuza arc, is probably my most rewatchable Naruto arc. It has to be. Krista, what you got? I was going to say that one too. Like, dang a lot of pain arc is hard. I even like that whole pre-arc with all the whole Akatsuki adventure shit where you get everybody fighting Akatsuki. That shit was iconic to me. But if I had to pick one, uh, like another one, I'd, another like probably whole series, the entirety of Death Note, because to me that's one big arc. You know what I'm saying? But if I had to narrow it down to like one specific kind of quote unquote arc, it's before. You know what I'm saying? Spoiler alert! You get to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, L's demise. You know what I'm saying? Before you get to that, that whole arc with him versus L was just iconic. Whenever you get, uh, whenever you get Light versus uh, Near and uh, uh, Mellow or whatever, it hits hard, but it's not no Light versus L. Like whenever you see that whole arc. Every, even if you're rewatching it, you're still at the edge of your seat. Like, how is he doing this shit? Like, how is he getting away with this? You're still, your heart's pumping, you know what I'm saying? And then whenever it ends, it's like, that'll ne- nothing will ever make me go what the fuck harder than that. Like, how did you, where do, you, where do we go from here? And we know what happens after that, but at that point, I was sitting there like, damn, so this yeah. is really just a bad show. Not not bad, but it's like, it's evil. Like, you let, <laughs> you let my man Light win. I'm like, there's no way I expected that. I thought they were going to take him down I realized, you know what I'm saying, when I was watching Death Note, I knew he was going to have to get taken down eventually. Every show has to end with the main villain get, getting taken down. But once he killed L, I was like, how? I was yeah, like, the how show's over happen? here. It's, it's crap. I've never seen that happen before. No, I agree with that 100%. We can do one to two more rounds. Peter, give us another one. Okay. Uh, I'll try, like, going through my list to see if I can figure out, like, I always go back to the haiku one. But another one that I really loved was the end of uh, Fate Zero. Uh, when you get the Ryder versus Gilgamesh fight, and then at the end you get Saber versus Gilgamesh, and just the the whole climax of Fate Zero, I thought it ended like beautiful. It was really poetic, and it was a really unique style of this whole like Holy Grail war that I I think a lot of people just assumed something like I think everyone thought the good guy was going to win in Fate Zero, and it, yep. that kind of wasn't the case. And so I really just like how that show actually just like ended and then set up Unlimited Blade Works itself into like the next series of fate okay wait yeah fate fate zero is the prequel right it's technically the, the prequel that, that's my favorite one no that that arc is amazing <laughs> and especially at the, okay i was making sure you talk about that that's my i love that 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 fucking thing and then when you see in um 
the homie with the guns for, versus the priest. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of just like random, like really good. Like it's not just the servants fighting each other. Like the masters or whatever they're called in this show hate each other too. And they're trying to kill each other as well. So it's just like yeah. constant, like you never know what's going to happen because like the scene where it's like earlier where it's summoner and like the guy just gets sniped in the head. It's like, no, he's dead. That's it. <laughs> it's done. That, that's yeah. done. Like you're a human. Like you can get sniped from long distance. It's like, I love that about a show. Like, I don't know. It's just that, that show itself is genius, but especially the end of how Fate Zero ends, I absolutely adore it. I agree with that 2000%. One that I have is the beginning of Trigon before he finds out, before you find out everything about knives. So when it's still Bounty Hunter, still Vash's this, is he evil? Is he all of this right when, um, so it's right before. Wolfwood gets really ingratiated with the group right before a, he runs away and everything what happens with knives and all the different knives members starts fighting him when it's like he's going with the bounty where it's million uh Mil- oh my gosh I, I, I can't believe I'm Mir- million Merrill where they're trying to get the insurance and everything for Vash in the different towns it I think the last one of that is where the lady is trying to kill him because he killed he supposedly blew up her whole town and she's trying to fix the plant and Vash ends up healing it. I think that's the last one before Knives, but if it's not, I like that whole beginning chunk of Trigon. It is rewatchable to me every single, any day of the week I can rewatch that. So I have that. And, and just throw that out there, all of Cowboy Bebop is rewatchable to me just because it, it's so short and it's just legendary. So, Crystal, what you got? Final, um, one, let's get it. A lot of people judge me for this, you know what I'm saying? But my favorite arc in Hunter Hunter is not the Chimera Ant arc. It is an iconic arc. What you about to say? Is it Greed Island? No, no. It's motherfucking... I know it is. York New City, the Phantom Troop arc. I'm in love with the troop, bro. Like, I'm a villain guy, you know what I'm saying, at heart. I love villains. And just seeing the troop get that work in, you know what I'm saying? Like, getting to see... Before they did what they did, Karapika versus Uvo, uh, Uvo, you know what I'm saying? You got to see Uvo versus the Shadow Beast. You got to see the whole auction get get uh, finessed. And that was just a, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy arc. You got to see Krolo get kidnapped, you know what I'm saying? That whole Phantom Troop just, it, it was a wild ride, you know what I'm saying? You got to see a lot of crazy things happen. And then it didn't end like you expected. There was a lot of, like, plot twists. You're expecting to see Hisoka yep. versus Krolo. You get the, the, the Hisoka stale face, iconic anime moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me... I do love the uh, Chimera Ant arc, and it was super drawn out, and it was super fleshed out. Everything in the Chimera Ant arc was perfect, but to me, I could watch that Phantom Troop arc over and over, and I have. I've probably I've watched that shit more than I've watched any other Hunter Hunter arc, you know what I'm saying? i watched it probably more than I've watched a lot of full anime series. Ooh, I was just thought of one. I love the Dressrosa arc in One Piece. Just got to throw that out there, because I'm a big law. <laughs> I'm a big Trafalgar law guy, and I love Doflamingo. I think Doflamingo is the best One Piece villain. I said it exactly. Yep. See, we rock. I got my guy right there. I see you. I, that's, I appreciate it. That's why I threw it. It jogged my memory. But, Peter, if you have any others before we move on to the review. Uh, I just, I'll, I'll just do it real quick. Uh, the ending of Steins Gate. Uh, I think time travel is insanely hard to like write really well, and I think Steins Gate really... Thanks does a great job of storytelling time travel and it just ends perfect. It is one of the best time travel stories I've seen, like for sure, especially how they end it so clean and just how everything comes together. I agree with that 100%. Chris, any final ones you got? Nah, that's, that's my that's my bag, you know what I'm saying? 100%. Aside from like shit like Digimon season two that I watched forever, <laughs> we, get, we get the Davis, the Daisuke uh, saga, you know what I'm saying? 
100%. Let's jump to the review. Let's start off with Glipnir. So we got episodes five. Claire and Shinichi or Shuichi wander into the mountains and encounter a strange, powerful monster. They end up seeing this homie who is like a sword demon guy. And he's like, oh, I'm going to beat y'all's ass. And it, he sends one strikes, destroys damn near the whole forest. He had to make up his own martial arts. Then Shuichi and Claire split bodies. Uh, Claire's like, uh, I'm going to shoot you with the gun. And she, the, the guy was just basically trying to figure out if they're good people so he wouldn't have to fight them. He finds out they're the good people. They end up saying that they're going to work together. And he ends up taking out this crazy homie and they, this crazy guy who is just like making these people slaves, blackmailing them by taking pictures of them. It's like, I know where you are. And they end up taking him out. They get his phone. And the episode ends with uh, Shuichi and Claire getting his phone and, and figuring out, okay, let's see who this guy knows. What did y'all think of episode five? I'll start with you, Peter. Oh, yeah. I really like it when you get these, like, battle royale type of games and not every single person is just out to kill you. Like, they, they, they like, respond with logic and conversation. And I think his name was – I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, Tadamori was, like, the big guy and who, like – created like his own martial art where he like went back into like a bridge pose and like what is he doing and they just like slam it's like oh damn like this dude is not to be messed with and i thoroughly enjoyed this episode a lot like i really like the conversation between the two i think like the creepy villainous factors of that big blob dude is just hideous and i love it yeah, no, I, I was more of a fan of episode five than six. I really, really yeah. enjoyed this episode. And I think compared, because I read the manga as well, I think the way, and this is something you talked about, Crystal, with the second episode, the way they handled the execution of the battle, seeing his original martial arts, seeing everything, the tension that was in the anime of how, oh, is he going to fight uh, Shuichi and Claire? Are they going to do anything? And that tension that they built up in the anime is a lot stronger than in the manga. I really like this episode. Crystal, what'd you think? I, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? There was too many too many iconic moments in here. First of all, you get the, the giant fucking kaiju goblin slayer goblin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he looks like a he looked like a giant. Like when they showed his size, I was like, that is ridiculously big for that goblin to be. I understand he was a threat, but he, he clearly was about to get taken out quickly. I, when I saw him, he he looked like he's about to do something. But I was like, this guy not about to last long, bro. Like you could see it in his ugly face that they was about to murk him. But he was definitely creepy. He was definitely unsettling. You know what I'm saying? And seeing him, seeing stuff happen with uh with with that was wild. And then plus the armor transformation dude was just badass. I love badass characters. I like how he had to take that L, and now he's kind of gang, I guess. Like he's a part of their yeah. like squad. Like he, yeah. he he worked for them kind of. That makes sense. And I, I love seeing for some reason, bro, Claire and that gun. Dude made the right decision, bro, because she would have smoked his ass. And she, she, <laughs> she's done. She's killed people for less. You know what I'm saying? They got that big fucking monster. Yeah, you know what I'm saying comical size gun because it like goes with the costume. I, I loved everything about it. You know what I'm saying? This one, this one was a uh, one of those one of the reasons why I love Gleipnir, Gleipnir, however you say it, is that it's like a <laughs> roller coaster, bro. Like yeah. it literally, it takes you on a, a crazy ride. You really don't know what's about to happen next. And for 2020 being not the best year for anime, a gym like Glipnir, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's just solid week in and week out. I really appreciate what it got. Peter, what would you rate? We rate these episodes one through five. What would you give episode five? Uh, episode five was definitely the better of the two. And I do just want to say I love how unique Glipnir is. It might not be the best story of all time, but it's there's not many shows that are like this. So I really enjoy its uniqueness. Um, Episode five out of a, I'd say like a four point one. 
Yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. Around the, I give it a solid four two. Super super enjoyed this as well. Chris, what would you give it one through five? I'm giving it a good four or five. You know what I'm saying? Four point five. Just because that one, it hit it hit hard for me just because of the action and because of the different characters introduced and because of the, it just it was uh, the whole episode front to back. It didn't really have too many weak points for me. I kind of just uh, it, it would have been a five if they had a couple more things in there. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I really enjoyed this one. 100%. Let's jump to six. After defeating an evil monster, Claire uses information he had to form a connection with a strange group of gatherers. The people that the monster was blackmailing, uh, she, they end up calling this guy because his group is a group of gatherers and their whole purpose is gathering to shut down the whole game and the gatherer system because they, are, they feel like Shuichi and Claire that if the wrong person got this power, it could be the end of the world. And we see that the leader doesn't really trust them. So the way that she has this, she has a specific power that if they are keeping secrets or if they betray them, the little twine that she puts around your neck will chop off your head. And she tried to seduce Claire. That was crazy. Yeah. That, was, that was very interesting. We also see Shuichi let someone else in his body because they're looking for this girl's wallet. Meanwhile, the homie that was getting blackmailed is super, super jealous because he sees this sex-like thing that, she, that goes on with Shuichi because this new girl, he was pissed that his girl walked in Shuichi's body. That shit was hilarious. And then the episode ends with Claire's sister, uh... And is that the girl that's uh, Shuichi's friend? I couldn't tell if that's who that was, that was with Claire's sister, but there's someone with Claire's sister and it's like, oh, we got to figure, that we're about to see their moves and what's going on with the gatherers. Chris, I'll start off with you with this one. What did you think of episode six? This was super uh, I, etchy. This was in your, in your Actually, I, I liked episode head. six probably equally as five. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because uh, the thing with the etchy in this show and you know me, you know what I'm saying? I, I fuck with the edgy. The reason why I haven't caught up on some of the iconic classics like Full Metal Alchemist, like Bleach, is because I was too busy filling my mind up with, like, Girls Bravo and Sekere and uh, B. Gata HK, just these random etchy series. I probably B. got... Gata HK is great. Oh, it's amazing. Like, I've seen more etchy anime than I've seen of any other subgenre, including Shonen, you know what I'm saying? Which is wild to say because I'm a big Shonen guy. But uh, the, the thing I can appreciate about this is that the way they do their etchy is you could tell a lot of things in there that they're doing. They're just trying to drill the etchy in, but they do it in such a clever way to where I know Twitter had a problem with, um, it was very polarizing whenever you see the Fire Force episodes with Tamaki. And there was one bag of Twitter that was like, man, I really don't like that. The etchy is not really hitting hard. It's taking me out of the experience. And then there's this whole other bag of Twitter who's used to etchy that's like, man, y'all never seen titties before. And like just going in <laughs> on these people who just didn't appreciate it. But to me, I love this for the opposite reason of that. Like, the etchy in that show, nobody has problems with etchy, like Boma doing some etchy shit, you know what I'm saying? You get to see some Master Roshi, some Jiraiya shit, but at the same time, you don't want the etchy to take you out of the experience. Like this, the etchy adds to the experience. The etchy's a part of the story. Like, whenever you see this whole, you know what I'm saying? They're just getting naked to get naked, you know what I'm saying? But they're getting naked to get into shit. It's, it's for something. It's not like comical. It's very serious a lot of the times. And uh, with the whole um, seduction scene, it wasn't as... It was definitely awkward. It was creepy. It wasn't intended to like get a cheap laugh off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, it was part of the story. It was like her trying to make Claire feel uncomfortable and try to get uh, a sense of who she is as a person and try to figure out because if you're the leader of this group, I don't know who you, Claire and Shuichi, are. I'm not about to just let y'all in. I'm, I'm in our group. Y'all could just be trying to take all our coins and then destroy us. 
Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, bro. For my people that that rock with the etchy bag, this is this is some solid. This is like gold, golden etchy. You know what I'm saying? I think this is like I don't want to say I don't want to be that guy, but this is to me. This is highbrow etchy, like yeah, super highbrow. highbrow. It's like it's like whenever you see Attack on Titan, it's shonen, but it gets more credit than your typical shonen. Highbrow shonen, shonen, thriller, horror to a certain extent, action. You know what I'm saying? And in this one, you're getting etchy, you're getting horror, you're getting thriller, you're getting mystery. You know what I'm saying? You're getting all these subgenres in one, and it's like they're they're executing each one to perfection, which is why I like Mob Psycho. They execute the comedy as well as the action, as well as the emotional aspect of it. So when you you get these kind of shows where, you know what I'm saying, there's a bunch of chips at play and no chips are lacking, because you could tell that whole scene with the seduction between the two uh, the two girls, you know what I'm saying? You could tell that it was meant to just drill that etchy in there, but they, they didn't just do it corny. They didn't do it in a, a seamless way. Like, by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, they were just throwing some etchy in there. That didn't really have to happen like that, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, they did it uh, tactically. It was well-written, and that's all I could ask for for etchy series, you know what I'm saying? Especially an etchy series that has more chip to play. They're not taking anything lightly. They're taking everything as serious as it needs to be taken. And I will say... For my for, for the horny bros out there, if you read the manga, <laughs> it is way more graphic. It is way yeah, it more is. uncensored. Now I was reading this as I read it, as I watched it, and I was sitting there like, bruh, they had to cut a lot of it out. I'm surprised they went as far as they did in the anime compared to the manga. But um, I definitely appreciate that about the anime. I mean, uh, about this episode, and also the whole backstory that they're setting up, like the whole you could tell something's going down with her hopping in his body because. He don't just let anybody. He yeah. only had one other person in his body. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Just they're, to, they're setting up for some crazy shit. Just to let that random girl in there. I know Claire's not gonna be okay with that. Like no. it's gonna, it's gonna be something that comes up down the line. Peter, what'd you think of episode six? Well, especially that etchy scene. I thought it was actually kind of funny. It's just like this girl's like letting her in. She's gonna be all like trying to get these secrets out of Claire, but at the same time, she's like. Well, you're kind of hot. I'm gonna shoot my shot. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So it's just like I thought it was funny because she like gets nine. She's like, "All right, well, I tried." So yeah, that was pretty funny. But then we, I, but like you said with uh, Suichi, like letting another girl into his body or whatever. Like, I didn't really like that part because it's so like internal for him. Like it's such a big deal for like even letting Claire in was like a humongous deal. And now it's just like I'm gonna let anybody else in. So the storytelling for me was like. I don't understand, like, is just Suishi just a huge simp, or, like... Where like, are we going with this? Yeah. So yeah, like, hey, what, like what, what are you trying to do with, like, this situation? Because, like, there's a bigger deal at hand. Because they're, like, if this wasn't, like, the city or something, it'd be a little different. But, like, they're in the forest. So, like, they know there's, like, people out there trying to kill them. It's so, like, I'm just gonna let this random girl inside of me. It's like... Yeah, you're in the gatherer forest. Like, what? what is going on? Yeah, no, 100%. So uh, I think it was lacking a little thing. I did. I hate the guy with the camera is just an annoying character because <laughs> this whole like the alien situation hasn't been going on for that long, and he's already like madly in love with like this dog girl or whatever. It's just like he needs to just relax and calm down. I just thought like that character was a little like unrealistic and kind oh, of was boy. getting on my nerves a little bit. But I think it's setting up for something that's going to be really good. I just thought this was just a little little lacking for. Like, when you have, like, a build-up episode, I need you to build me up. And they really, they kind of built me up at the end when they found the wallet. But, like, there was really a whole lot of nonsense going on this episode. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. What would you rank this uh, one through five? Uh, like a 3.5? I'm right around that area. I'm 3.7. It, it, was, it was solid. It, was, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't the typical Glipnir standard, 
but yep. it wasn't a Goblin Slayer level disaster of an episode. Because <laughs> the gosh, when we had to review Goblin Slayer, that was pulling deep. Are you talking about movie. episode one of Goblin Slayer? No, I'm talking like okay. episode three. Or okay. Because yeah. <laughs> episode one was just nuts. Yeah. But uh, Kristen, wow. would you rank this one through five? I'm going to give this one another four or five. I think I messed myself up with this one by... Uh, Knowing what's like, coming? Yeah, in between the episodes, like after the last episode, I want to say episode five or whatever, uh, I was reading and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself. It was just so good. <laughs> I wanted to know what happened next. So I read a little bit past where I was supposed to read. And I thought I was reading, like, you know how whenever you, you're reading and watching at the same time, you kinda, you're kind of trying to gauge where you should stop reading because you think that's where the episode's about to end? I thought the episode was about to end way further than <laughs> where it actually ended. Like, not way further, but I kind of see what there's, what's about to happen after this episode. So I kinda, I'm kind of hyped that they set it up. It's just they could have set it up a little bit better. But I do like what I got in this episode because it was, it was definitely, it hit the little etchy bag with her, with her getting into him, you know what I'm saying? On that, on that, that kind of like, he's sitting there like, whoa, whoa, you naked back there? You were tripping, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, she like, was straight, super he like naked. Her, her he's like, oh my God, I know it's, I know not. It's like, come on, son, like. <laughs> Have some nuts about yourself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> shoot, shoot. <laughs> but at the Street same time, I, I do like um, the fact that uh, you about to see what comes with her getting in his body, you know what I'm saying? Because that whole the whole situation is just is, is ugly, you know what I'm saying? I feel like once, mm. and I don't know what's happening soon, but I feel like whenever Claire finds that out, it's about to be smoke, you know what I'm saying? I feel like <laughs> it's about to be it's about to be up in the air. It's like because whenever they bond, it's like an emotional thing. It's not yeah. just like a you hopping me. It's like a Gundam. It's like, I feel what you're feeling. Your emotions are my emotions. And to be honest with you, when this this new chick kind of popped up, I never really cared for her as much. I'm like, why is he going help her find her wallet in the woods? I'm like, man, let her sit. You don't even know if these. you could trust these people yet. You don't even know if these people are your crew or, or not. You know what I'm saying? And just Thanks. seeing seeing uh, the older girl trying to kind of uh, seduce uh, Claire or whatever and seeing how she moves, she's sitting there. She's detrimentally horny, just like Homeboy with the camera. He's detrimentally <laughs> horny. These characters are like, they're cutting up to a certain extent. And you see, uh, I feel like a lot of characters, we're, we're finally getting introduced to the characters that are going to be in here for the long haul. Like, not these characters that get killed off, like, after one episode, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, uh, what was the chick in the first episode? I thought she was going to have yeah. a bigger presence whenever she appears in the first episode. Then episode not two, she's dead. You know what I'm saying? She's Gone. she's not coming Shot. back, bro. Wow. So I'm looking forward to seeing the character development, all these characters. I feel like we got our main cast with the new homie they got on their team. I'm just I'm excited to see what's coming next. Like this, I didn't expect this show to take me by storm like that. Yeah, I didn't expect I'm to like this show that much. Like, and that's crazy. All three of us were just like, we just it's a good show, man. It's just it's solid. Word. Well, let all right. Let's move on to the next show. Uh, we got Tower of God. Chris, this at the uh, it's turning into uh, that Hunter Hunter bag. Yeah. They are really, they're really getting into it. And Especially I, I that the newest episode, bro. They fucked me up when they got into the power or the not power. It's position selection. So that's that's episode six, title position selection. What will Kuhn do after meet uh, after meeting Rachel? The position selection begins, and despite struggling with their assignments, the examinees grow closer. Meanwhile, someone watches them and re uh, ruminates from afar. Yeah, man. Uh, before we get into the position selection, I'll, I'll uh, rank all that. I'll say what all that is. Kuhn, man, is he being a good friend by not telling? bam that rachel doesn't want to see him is he protecting him that he's trying to make him not feel like he felt because the girl kind of just destroyed his life and for bam it's even worse because that's the only girl he knew this would maybe shatter him and shatter his dream of cl 
of getting through the tower. Maybe he's helping him to get stronger. How do you feel about this, Peter? Is, it, is Kuhn doing the right thing? I would. I like to think that Kuhn is Killua and he's ride or die with Bam like he was with Gon. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but in my heart, that's what I want. I want Same. it so bad. Yeah. Chris, is he doing the right thing? I think By so. not telling him? Bro, just going off of the last episode. Because even sure. Rack looked at him like, Bro, he was getting <laughs> reckless, bro. Like, he was getting reckless during that challenge. He was like, I'm throwing everything out of the window. It's Rachel. It's like, son, turn the simp down at least a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to turn the simp all the way down. I get it. You got to – there's a relationship there. But turn it down a little bit. Like, when you when you messing up what's going on, you messing up the big picture, it makes sense that she said, like, you know what I'm saying, he's just going to slow me down and I'm going to slow him down. If we're if we're doing this whole thing together, it's not going to be easy. And, and he's the, proving her point. And the killer vibes that you're talking about, how he's ride or die for him, it's like, nah, nah, bitch. You, he's just you worried about you. You're not worried about him. And then when he said that, I was like, oh, coon. I, I knew you were one of my favorites for a reason. Also bought Bam some new drip. I love yep. the black outfit. Oh, like, yeah. I love the black bulls, Bam. He looks fire. <laughs> the crossover that we were talking about earlier, the Tower of God's crossing over with Black Clover, and Bam <laughs> joined the black bulls. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> that shit was amazing. But we learned the way of a team, how they fight against other teams in the different positions. And I have them listed here. Okay, so the one of the positions is a fisherman. This is the main offense of battle. Fishermen are to dash into the heart of the enemy force and decimate their forces, usually through physical attacks. The next one is a spear bearer. That's what Rack is. And I'm going to say which each of the main group is because we don't know if Bam and Coon and Rack will have a, a, a fisherman, but right now they have a spear bearer and that is Rack. Spear bearers act like snipers for the team, throwing their spears with deadly accuracy. They can also serve a purpose similar to fishermen's by using their spear like a staff for close combat. Technically speaking, they all have long range matters into their own hands. The next position is a scout. Scouts usually run ahead and investigate enemy forces for info, then return and deliver information to light bearers. They also help fishermen with offensive we uh, for example a scout is let me pull up his name because i have it all written down it is one of the scouts is shibisu that is the kurbara type guy as well as hots hots is as well as scout they both are so a light bearer is with kuna's light bear store and de deliver knowledge to their teammates while guiding them with light to the lighthouse. The final one is a wave controller. Wave controllers are the, the directors of the battle, aiding their comrades by healing their wounds, annihilating enemy forces, or suddenly changing the tide of battle. All through the use of Shinso, there are many variations of this position. And remember, Shinso is the power that we see the, uh, I believe they're called regulars or the, the, the rate or whatever yep. uh, Lero Rose group the regulars use. Yep. So also we see different trainings. We see uh. Uh, Bam in this training and uh, learning how to, he made a contract with his orb and it, his, the person of his orb was like, nah, you're slave to this contract. I thought that was interesting. That's going to play a role later on. We see that other homie who with the horn supposedly friends with Bam starting to be jealous more and more. And I believe in episode six, this is the episode where they're asking to be friends where uh, Hots in, oh no, this episode where Rack passes his spear test. Yep. And I'm trying to see how, oh yeah, it ends with uh, Hots and Shibisu asking uh, for help with uh, becoming friends with the different people. And we also start at the end, the battle with one of my new favorite characters. Uh, let me pull up her name, because it starts with an E. 
I want to just and make Dorsey. sure. I, yeah, and Dorsey. My favorite. I love in Dorsey. We see an in Dorsey Jihad fights Anak Jihad, but we find out something about Anak that she is. That's not who she is. That's her mother. She is the orphan child of the princess of Jihad, and we learn a little bit more about the princesses. They are basically just different. As in Dorsey says, they're different shoes for the king just to have in his collection, but never to wear. The princess can never get married. They can never have children. And that's the thing that happened with Anak's mother. She ended up having Anak with this chicken pie salesman. And they ended up burning down her house and killing Anak. And uh, the new Anak, her, the child, wants to destroy all of her aunts, uh, like in Dorsey calling her her niece, destroy all the different princesses of Jihad for killing her mom. Peter, I'll start off with you. What did you think of this episode? So I think we just mixed both, but... Um, oh, did we really? Oh, well, yeah, then I, I, think... I, uh, well, then I might as well just keep describing episode seven and we can just talk <laughs> about them because they do feel like long movies because that's how I end up watching them two a week. So episode seven is several days have passed since Anak and Adorsi's feud came to a total stop as the next tag test is about to begin. Dark clouds begin gathering around. Bam. So yeah, Anak and Adorsi fight. They end up both losing. They uh, both get injured. Adorsi breaks her leg and then... uh. Bam and all of them end up bringing her dinner to be friends with her. We also see Bam's training. He's shooting this shinsu through different things. And Laurel helps him. He gives him this technique. And then that makes Laurel's horn partner feel all jealous. He's getting all salty. <laughs> Goes into his room, gets some mysterious message about Bam. And it's like, damn, we don't know what's going on. And then this new tag game starts. And we see uh, Kuhn and Shibisu come up with this plan to uh, catch one of the regulars, but some stuff ends up happening where uh, it doesn't go how they determine it. His name is Quant. We see a, an African-American homie in Tower God. I like Quant, Quant looking dope. I ended up liking him. And then the episode ends with uh, basically Quant stopping them. I'm trying to see. I'm pulling, trying to pull it up real quick. Yeah, so it basically ends with Rock, in, at Rock looking at Quant stopping Shibisu and uh coon so what do you think of these two episodes episode six and seven of uh tower of god peter uh so i have so hunter hunter is like one of my favorite shows of all time and there's so many like random uh hunter hunter vibes to it and i really enjoyed how they broke down the different classes like they did with the different types of men they did in hunter hunter where it, they have this complex like like legit like army system or like we we all have our roles and we all have to play our roles if we want to win this battle so i thought that was really cool and you got to see like how the different characters like actually line up with those roles so you can see how it's probably how battles are probably gonna like uh start out like you were probably gonna see a knock and rock and or rack and like the front lines you know see bam shooting out his magic and stuff so i'm really looking forward to see like the bigger fights um, I loved Onyx backstory. It's kind of really unique, and how her and her feud with Endorsey, especially you see it in the fights, like yep. fuel, because one got there by like like Endorsey like worked her ass off to be a. And that's princess. what she said. She was like, "Yeah, like how, you you can't judge me because I worked my ass off for this. You didn't work for shit." Yeah. So it's just like, why are you here? Like you were just born into this. Like I busted my ass. So like get off my stage essentially like literally fighting on this giant platform and then they knock each other out which i thought that was like a great outcome itself same because then they just get added to the story because they technically failed their test so they have to see how they continue going on with their their testing uh so love the backstory with her mother there's a lot of like questions i have because 
I want to know so, more about the king of jihad. Like, what's all like? Why do all these princesses just like bear to his women? Is this what Rachel wants? Is this why she doesn't want to hurt Bam? Does she want to be a princess of jihad? Yeah. Like, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm I, I love that whole deal with that. I, I I love like the whole princess scheme, how it makes it just seem like they're essentially like trophies for the and, king type. And of thing. these women are like the most badass of yeah. the people climbing the t- like. I had to give. I, I thought of this as props. Like this is the first time in a battle anime since where the females are the star. Like yeah, we have our male main characters and whatnot, but in terms of power levels, these princesses are like the cream oh, of the crop. Whole, they're all whole, like maybe um, the regular like Lara Rowe and, and Quant. Maybe those yeah. dudes can come in and and do something, but. It's the it's, princesses of jihad that are like, it's it's, it's yeah. like everybody's hiding behind the princesses right now. Maybe Kuhn can go. Maybe like he can kind of like stall them out, but I don't think he can actually like win a battle. Against and Hots them, so. too. Hots could probably do some stuff. Being oh like Hot, that yeah, Hots for sure because you got to see it in the first episode when he fought Anak. Uh, I mean, I just love like where the story's going. I love how like unique every character is. Like I'm interested in every single character like involved on like. Uh, Bam's team or like the side team with Rachel like I'm invi- I'm invested in everybody I'm also team fuck Rachel I hate her Same. so much yeah there was a great line where uh and Dorsey and Rachel are in the bathroom and uh and Dorsey goes whatever you're reaching at the tower it better be more important than Bam <laughs> yeah. and I was just like fuck you Rachel like that's what you get like get out of here you sketchy I was just like <laughs> breaking my guy Bam's so, heart so great like everyone's like team Bam Everybody hates Rachel by like episode seven. So huge fan of that. I can't say more about Tower of God. I love it so much. I'm really happy that Crunchyroll is making this because we're probably going to get like three or four seasons minimum of Tower of God. So I'm looking for, because they're, I mean, they're investing money and the dub is already out now. They're simulcasting dub. I, I think this is the first time Crunchyroll has seen yeah. the dub. I've Facts. never seen Crunchyroll even have dub. So this is a really, this is a big deal. It's a huge deal. I don't think people realize how big of a deal this is. How like, much money is, they've invested because this this story's ongoing right now. They're not even. Yeah. They're, it's it's an ongoing manga. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot of seasons of this, and they're putting a lot of money and in, in effort in this. Like I mean, look at the animation. They're taking this super super seriously. Yeah. To so, the point of reference of like the webtoons, uh, the newest episode, chapter seven, ended on chapter thirty-seven, and there's like four hundred and sixty chapters. It's so like one piece Naruto even, level. We're not even ten percent done with the still ongoing story of Tower of God, so that's why a lot of people compare this to One Piece because it's just the world building. Every level is going to be something brand new. It's going to be a brand new adventure when we get to a new level. So, and we're not even climbing again. the tower. That's the thing. And also, yeah, I level wanna, two. Yeah, I want to know if Shibisu and Hots and and maybe Anak being that she's uh, probably going to be a fisherman. I'm I wonder, guessing that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to join up with Coon, Bam, and Rack because, like, they need they need a full squad to yep. to do this. Crystal, what did you think of episodes six and seven? I love them. I'm not going to lie, bro. Every, with every pair of episodes, with every episode, I'm, I'm loving it more and more. And I was already blown away at episode, like, two. So, yeah. to say we're still going to – I remember you said early on it was going to have Hunter Hunter vibes. Like, you were getting those vibes early on. And I'm like, I kind of see it, but now nah, I'm full. I see it now. Like, it's, <laughs> it's Hunter Hunter vibes for sure. But, it, uh, it is amazing. Like, I love seeing, you know, Rack. I love seeing Rack or Rock. Passes I love seeing test. him. Yeah, when he passes test, that was amazing. He's one of my so favorite great. characters. Like, I'm one of those guys. I'm big on, like, comedy, and I'm big on, like, characters with a lot of heart. And not only is he just the the, the signature funny guy, like the goofball, cool bar kind of character, but at the same time, he 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 steps up to the plate when it's time to step up to the plate, and it's going to be fun to see him, him get his Ws. 
because uh, he is a strong character as well. You know what I'm saying? He's goofy, but he's strong. He's definitely, he has his own personality. Like Peter was saying, every everyone in this series has their own personality because we get another kind of cool bar homie, but he's completely different. He's yeah, like the- Yeah, Shibisu's totally different. I know? love Shibisu. Shibisu is one of my favorite characters as well, but they're two opposite sides of the spectrum. One of them's like, Rax like the cool bar homie in the sense of like, he's goofy, but- He's always up for fighting. He's badass. And he, more and like Rack has underdog. morals. Cause like when I'm telling you, man, something that really made me endear to Rack and really made me love him was the fact when Coon was telling Bam about Rachel and Rack looks over his shoulder and is like, "You really saying this right now?" But <laughs> I get it. Like I understand. But you're gonna have to deal with this later. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, bro. I'm excited to see where this goes because they're already opening up a lot of a lot of chapters, a lot of things that need to be uh, expounded upon. Another one of my favorite characters is uh, Endorsey. Endorsey is like yeah, badass. I love that, girl. that that like, whole she was fight, amazing. bro. That fight. I like how whenever uh, what was what was the uh, the green girl's name? Oh, Anak. Anak. Whenever Anak was uh, fighting her originally, she was her original intentions. You didn't see Anak jump on her platform until she was already trying to fight somebody else. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm about to wipe out as many as I can. It's about to be popping. I'm about to have some fun with this shit." And she pulls up and she's like, ah, oh, great. I got to deal, deal, deal with this. I got to deal with this. And then the killer part about it is she, she realizes she has to deal with that. And then she's still jumping from platform to platform, knocking people off. Like, man, just let me do my thing real quick. And she, Anak's not giving up while she's knocking people off. She's basically entertaining Anak while knocking other people off the platform. I want to say she got like a good two or three people, right? Oh, yeah. no, she got more than three. She got like That's what I'm saying. five. She was, she was knocking people off that, them fucking platforms. And, and I really... also, while this is going on, we see Coon be that Kilawa, like super smart guy because he's researching everything. He's like, hmm, how is this Anak when Anak's dead? And he's just research. <laughs> I, I love seeing uh, Coon get on his research game and be that light bear. I just thought that was something I need to throw in there. Then I like the kinship. I'm with y'all, bro. I feel like it's a it's a genuine kinship between him and Bam because, like, whenever he bought him the drip and everything, it, it felt like Killua and Gone. If Killua, can you know what I'm saying? Killua's known for having the, the switches and drip, and Gone's known yeah. for having that one outfit. He's like Killua if Killua cared about <laughs> Gone's drip. You know what I'm saying? He's like, look, son, you got them, them rags on. He's like, you with me? We gang, we squad, we gotta look official. You know what I'm saying? And Rack was like, bro, where's my clothes? <laughs> Rack was like, where's my gear? And Coon's like, I'll, I'll get you a dog collar when we go to yeah. the pet store. Hey, bro, so that killed me, too. I'm loving the whole, the whole uh, not rivalry, but the whole relationship with those two. They kind of remind me of like a he ain't cool bar, kind of like, I'm going to be an asshole to you, but that we're cool. We're on the same team, but like, we're going we gonna to roast each other. And you know what I'm saying? Whenever we, yeah. whenever we feel into it, it makes it feel like a genuine uh, bond these three have yeah. that's, that's specifically for them. You know what I'm saying? As much as Doro Heydoro is my favorite of 2020, in, in my opinion, the best, I think Tower of God, in terms of battle uh, anime, Tower of God is pushing. It, it is making the race for number one tougher and tougher each week. Oh, yeah. Like, bro, whenever we – I remember last year, whenever the year was ending, we had just got hit with – Vinland Saga, Demon Slayer, oh. Promise Neverland, Attack on Titan Season 3. We got, like, so many whammies back-to-back, -back, and then we were seeing the trailers come out for this year. We were like, man, this year's not going to be as good as 2019, but it's going to be solid. But, bro, with, with Gliepnir, with uh, Tower of God, with Dorohedoro just being the tip of the iceberg for this year, like, and we got other shit that's still going on, too. That's amazing. Like, how you were telling me, what was the show with Daisuke? Oh, yeah, uh, Millionaire Detective. I really like that show. And we got gas this year. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see what... Uh, when it comes we're, back, if it we're comes done back. With, uh, we're done with, like, <laughs> season one of um, Dora Hedero. But uh, Tower of God, I didn't know it was, like, 400 chapters. So just yeah, seeing it's going to be one of a... 
it's gonna be kind of long running. It kind of gives me something to look forward to because I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And it looks like the author knows what they're doing. So I'm I'm excited to see what they bring out of this world building and out of these character building. Like, cause I'm 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 a big guy for character development, and I love all the characters now. So I can only get more and more invested in and, and I need people. more with the regulars because like I love Lara Rowe and I love Quant. Like I want to see more what's up with Quant Lara Rowe. And also fuck that headmaster teacher, bro. He's he's doing some shady shit and I don't think he likes Bam in, in, in the in the gang. It's sus right now. Super Peter, anything else you want to add about these episodes? No, like I kind of maybe not just Tower God, but like what you were saying with like the shows for this year that we're getting so many just new shows that we thought 2020 was going to be like a whatever year and we're getting a lot of just like holy crap like this show is great so i'm really happy with like the content we're getting right now and anime's only getting better and tower of god is definitely leading the way yeah we got six episodes mm-hmm. left so let's cherish them because we got 13 total and then after that we're getting in the god of high school and i yep, think right after that one's gonna hit super hard i'm so excited what would y'all rate these episodes six and seven i'm giving them both I want to give six a five because I love the backstory and I just thought that was a really great episode. Seven, I'm going to give a solid 4.6. So I got six is a five, seven is 4.6. Peter, where are you going? Uh, I think I'm like almost identical. If I could like combine the two episodes, I'd say they're a 4.9. Like they were so good. They they gave me so much in such a little amount of time that it had everything I wanted in an episode. Like, I don't know if it's the best episode I've ever seen, but I think when it's all said and done, like, man, I think people are going to, like, look back and be like, that was an amazing episode. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. So, like, yeah, like you said, like a 5 for 6 and, like, a 4.8 for 7. I'm right there with you, Crystal. Where are you rocking with 6 and 7? I'm feeling the same. Like, I really did love 6. Uh, I love 7 a little bit more because that's when you – I feel like 6 ended on the whole um, – the, it was beginning the whole uh, backstory, the, the, the little where we're on the uh, platforms. You know what I'm saying? But we didn't get to see the full platform fight kind of thing until the beginning of the next episode. So the next episode, we yeah. see that kind of end off. We see, we see, um, what was the name? Uh, Endorsey like knocking Buku people off the um, off the platforms and everything. I think we see that at the beginning of the next episode. So I, like we get a lot of action, and like Peter said, bro, we're getting like so much jam packed into this short amount of time. And I'm one of those guys that I'm big on, um, on. Uh, pacing and yeah. I feel like yep. taking stuff a little bit too slow it kind of it makes people lose interest and right sure. now it's like all gas no breaks and it's like we're we're getting whammy after whammy after whammy we get like buku whammies in one episode you know what I'm saying to where it feels like like you said and then we're watching like a movie every it, time you watch two episodes back to back it really is and in, and I really love that quality about Tower of God I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it man week to week this was a super super great episode thank you Peter for joining us Tell the people where they can find you on social media. Tell them where they can find your podcast. Give them the whole breakdown. Yeah. Oh, first, thank you for having me. This was a, so this much was fun. fun. We're yeah, definitely going to have to have you back as a guest. This, this was great. Um, I honestly think you guys are probably the best anime podcast out on the scene. So I greatly appreciate you guys having me on. Thank um, you, brother. One of your, because I started listening to you guys like roughly when I started. So you guys were a huge influence of how I started my podcast as well. So I may copy some things from you. I'm sorry, but I will give you credit where it's deserved. You guys are one of the best. Um, we are mostly on YouTube. Uh, we're now adding like visual content to our podcast, kind of like we're doing here. So you find us at What Do You Say Anime on YouTube, but we're also on Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Twitter is What Do You Say Annie. That's just What Do You Say Anime without the M-E. Uh, we also have a Discord. If you guys just want to come and talk anime or manga, we got people in there all the time just 
chit chat, whatever you want to talk about, start a conversation if you're just bored during quarantine. And our new content every other week, we're starting like a anime book club type of thing. So we're checking out uh, animes that you probably haven't seen, but are like really highly rated. So this week we are checking out the 2017 anime of the year winner, Made in Abyss. Ooh. So every two weeks, it's kind of like a thing where you can come to our Discord and talk about it, or you can just like follow along and listen to us while we check out a show every two weeks. That's awesome, man. And like, like I told you off air, I think y'all have some great, great content. I really appreciate what you said, but I think y'all are doing some great stuff over there. Like that made an abyss book club thing is super, super dope. And I, like I told you off air, I think the anime jeopardy thing is fucking amazing. Like I absolutely love Thank that you. show and I really think y'all have something special. So y'all be sure to follow Peter. He makes amazing content. And like I said, thank you for coming, being a guest host on the show. And we're definitely going to have to have you back because this was super, super fun. Can I do a quick teaser? Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, anime Shonen Jeopardy in the works. Ooh, that's going to be and, lit. And Lynn, if you want, you, your position is, I'm holding one for you. So Let's go! If you want it. I got to so go. You'll be seeing that in the future. Uh, as of right now, I got to focus on the book club thing, but it ha- I have been making the game. So just keep, yeah. keep an eye out on that. And if I win, Chrissy, you better come compete because I want to kick your ass. I'm excited, bro. <laughs> I, wanna, I'm, I want parts of this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah. This is amazing. 100%. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Chrissy, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. At Chris SJE on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Uh, everywhere, you feel me? The only social media I'm not really too active on is Facebook. I'm about to start getting more active on there. But I got to say this, bro. With this quarantining and with this this time to ourselves, me and my mic have been getting personal. So I got like three projects Ooh. coming. I might drop a We God Deluxe Edition. I got an album <laughs> called uh, Sainine Jump on the way. And then I got like a little EP I'm about to drop just to have some, uh, some new anime songs out. I've been... I've been watching a lot of new shit that I feel like every time I watch a new anime, I feel like I've leveled up. Oh, you got to get some Tower of God bars in there and some Glitnir. I already got some Glitnir bars on the way. Like when I drop this little EP before the Saint Jump album, I feel like it's going to have some gems on it. So I got to say that. Be like Chris Space SJE, be checking in on my Spotify because we about to have a flood. Hell time. yeah. I'm super, super excited. Y'all be on the lookout for that. You can follow me at LynnBWT. Follow the bros who think at bros who think. If you're listening to this, we have a new episode of the bros who think podcast that is out by the time you guys hear this. It should be on YouTube. If not, it's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, but the video version will be out very, very soon. If you are a movie and comic book fan, be sure to check out bros who binge. The latest episode is out on all audio versions, not on YouTube. It's all audio. That, that podcast is not video yet, but all audio versions are out. And just for updates on everything, be sure to check out uh, bros who think on Twitter. That's where we will update you. And me and Krista did the live for the first time last week in the off week. So be on the lookout for our next Instagram live where we're just chopping it up with you guys, the fans, whatever you guys come in the live and discuss, like whatever y'all bring up, that's how we're doing it. We're not going in with any topics. We're going in just to shoot the shit with you guys, the people who support us, the people who we love. So we'll be doing that sometime next week, probably probably between Wednesday and Friday because those are the prime days for when me and Chris can get that done. But other than that, that's all we have this week. Again, thank you, Peter, for coming on guest hosting. Thank you, guys. And for Peter, for Chris, and my name is Lyndon. You guys have a great one. We'll talk to you in the Instagram Live next week. But until then, have a good one. Be safe and peace. Kick shit, Sanji. Bad bitch, not me. Pakistani, count thousands. OP, three hockeys. Still don't need co-signing. Still in the flats where you find me. Still round round getting noggin'. Pass us these rappers to
chasing M&Ms, I need all the dividends My niggas monsters, we gremlin, chopping blades like Kenshin Corners, we bending them Hop on the beat with adrenaline, niggas is copycats like Tim Tim My bitches yellow like Simpson, all that bullshit you saying I'm seeing like T in my third eye is peeping, you dreaming like hypno Jockin' the drip like Ditto, with cereal on my body pillow Like Rick, get put in